where it gets interesting. Moments when you realize nothing will ever be the same. I speak from experience. Dedication! Time is divided into two parts. The Snyder Radio. You would have something interesting to say right here. Before this. No biggie. And after this. The time has come to make a choice. It's time. I know what goes on behind the doors. I know because I saw it. I lived it. He is gone. I'm into some kinky stuff. What? The Snyder Radio. I told you. Yeah, my baby. The Snyder Woo! Please say one more thing. Ladies and gentlemen, D. Snyder. Let's play. I get up for work at 4 a.m. Monday through Friday. 48 weeks, 48 weeks a year. <laughs> it right? feels like it. Yeah. Yes. 48 weeks yeah. a year. And I'm off on the weekends. And on one of those weekend days, I have to wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Does it count as a day off? Dark side. Depends on why you had to wake up, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I guess if I if I had to go and sit in the studio with my headphones on and talk to air <laughs> or something like that. But if you're getting up to catch a flight to some exotic locale, yeah, that counts as a day off. Now, I, and I'll get more into this. I had to uh, get up at 4 a.m. so I could drive around to Bristol with Cody for the Soapbox Derby. They were racing. And there was no ferry that early in the morning, so I had to get up extra early just to drive around. Yeah, that's still a day off. You got to hang out with your kid. Okay. It took some of the fun out of it, though. That's oh, my, I'm sure. See, because my Saturday, let's see, Friday, I drink several cups of coffee and sit on the couch and force myself to like stay awake till 11 or 12. <laughs> nodding like a out, big boy. Nodding out most of the last hour. <laughs> And the family going, Dad, why don't you just go upstairs? <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I want to hang with you guys. I'm up, I'm up. I'm up, I'm up, I'm watching. Right. I know you that know, And then I, go, then I go upstairs, and I usually wake up pretty damn early on Saturday because I went to bed on the earlier side. So Sunday is usually my quote-unquote sleep-in day. You know, get crazy, wild, 8, 8.30. 7, 7.15. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's all relative. You know, because they, they stay right. up later on, on Saturday night, as I did. So I had all the freaking four hours sleep. I had to get up, get up. I mean, you know, I wanted to do it. It was great. I mean, I remember when I was a kid going, uh, I we go hunting or whatever. My dad and me, you know, getting up real early in the morning. Your dad do that, rouse you like, God, in the middle of the night. Come on, we'll go. Get your clothes on, that kind of thing. Dark side? Hmm? No? <laughs> Maybe you were paying attention, Dave. Be able to answer that question. Right the show just started. He's like already... Well, they're all, I mean, they're already instant messaging each other and distracting 
each other from the show. Oh, I see. I was looking at the uh, at the little instant message screen. <laughs> All right. Let's talk Try about stay with the us. Patriots. You guys. Oh, we'll do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> hey, great game. Patriots won. Psycho, you're all excited. I don't care. It's preseason. It's preseason. Doesn't mean anything. Look, he's consistent, if nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> but your, uh, your instant messaging begs to differ. <laughs> I you seem know. to think that it means uh, no. It actually, it doesn't. Actually, Dark Sides, Dark Sides has a lot invested in the preseason. Why is that, Dark Side? Dave? I don't know. Don't, it's football. It's the bug. Oh, you're loose. It's just something. When did you get that bug? Was I mean, it was a number of years ago. But you didn't have it your whole life. No, I didn't have it most of my life until I, I don't know, sixteen, give or take. When I was what able happened? to drive out of my parents' house <laughs> and go to a friend's house and get high and watch football, that's when I... Any <laughs> pot had something to do with it. That's what I got in the bug. <laughs> Amazing drugs and sports have like a direct connection like Perfect that. Perfect combination. Booze, sports, drugs, sports. <laughs> Odd, isn't it? Yeah. Remember when I was in high school, there was this great shirt. This is before you guys were born. And uh, it's just, just coming out of the hippie era. And I don't even know. Who, does the name Joe DeFalco mean anything to you, Psycho? Joe DeFalco? Joe De, yeah. Nope. Just, I just, the shirt said Joe DeFalco says, stay, stay straight with sports. And every stoner in school wore one. <laughs> 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 I'm going to get dark side one of those. <laughs> Bring back the Joe DeFalco stay straight with sports t-shirt. <laughs> well, look at this. As we used to say today, last track, side two. But since it was a CD, it was only one side. That's a solid record, beginning to end. Gotta, give, gotta respect that. Mm-hmm. The number one walk record of all time. It's Guns N' Roses, Rocket Queen, Dark Side, Dave's song choice on a Monday morning. This is D-Sider Radio. Wake the F up. Yeah. Guns and Roses, these side of radio, deep cut, deep cut from Appetite. Crap cut, day. more like it. Deep cut. Hey, if that's the worst cut on the record, it's a pretty damn good record. <laughs> and it is the worst cut on the record, but I mean, what? it's still... I mean, <laughs> listen, it's the worst cut on the record. I didn't say it's the worst song. I mean, they are saying that. I'm just saying, if, you had to, if I had to put them sequentially, you know... Paradise City and, you know, I mean, a bunch of other songs on there, uh, you know, Night Train, Browns, you know, Mr. Brownstone, they would go in front of that if I had to write them, you know, which was the best You would worst. seriously put Rocket Queen at the end? Yeah. Are we going to have this debate seriously? Yeah, no, we're, there's no <laughs> debate about it at school. Where would you, just out of curiosity, where would it fall in your, uh, you know, in your world? Um, I don't know, somewhere up the ladder a little bit more. How do I, I, feel? How do I feel like you've had this debate with your friends? We have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, everybody write down your favorite <laughs> gun song. And then, like, number one, number two. Then they sit there, like, half hour later, they have number one, and then all the songs are written next to each other on the same Tie for first. Tie for first. They're all the best. Yeah. <laughs> There's no lemons. How can you choose? <laughs> Why are you another bowl, man? Fire up another bowl. No, seriously. Yeah. I mean, it, you put it top... How many tracks were on that record? There's 12, 12 tracks on the record. Would you put it um, top... Six? 
No, I mean maybe not top six, but mm-hmm. I think maybe right. you know. What's, think, the, like, what's like, the worst track on the record? The worst track? I don't think there is a worst track on the record, but uh, so, that was I think if I was to go put one in the last place, I think it might be something like "Think About You." You know? Oh, I like that song. Oh I no, it's a good song. You. All of them are really great songs, song. but lost me. Oh. I thought they're out to get me. Yeah, out to get me. Rock. Love that song. Yeah. <laughs> Next week. I'm <laughs> That's your they third. Break me. Guns okay. song in a row. Dark side. Pass me a joint. Your friends. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna take a break. Come back. We got to recap. Uh, we spoke with Sammy Hagar. Actually, we spoke to him Thursday afternoon. Played this on Friday. Great interview. Great guy. If you didn't hear it, you're going to enjoy hearing it. So stick around for more D. Snyder Radio. D. Snyder Radio. Radio 104. I try to be as nice as possible. We have all the control and all the power. On Radio 104. Got a bad feeling. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. Wow, this just in hot off the presses at uh, DSR at yoink3d.com. Our email address. Song choice kicked ass. Rocket Queen kicks ass. There's no bad song on Appetite. The Wookiee is God. Beth. Axel Blatos. Yes, <laughs> from Long Island Dark Side. W. Axel Blatos. Rock, dude. <laughs> Big surprise. Look at the Dark Side. <laughs> Can you actually feel his nose in your ass, Dave? Or you don't even feel it anymore? I think that he has a man, hey, man crush on you. No, man. He's a GNR fan. It's all good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I don't think it, like it's ass kissing. I think it's genuine, like you know, kindred spirits. Yeah, he does call kin- himself yeah. Axel. No, Lotto. there's <laughs> a total kinship there, man. We're G and R brothers. That's it. Uh, we got a, we have a caller. Let's see, Luthos from Ash, uh, Ashland, Virginia, is on the phone. Good morning, Luthos. How you doing? Morning, guys. Uh, you got a thought on G and R? Yeah. As far as appetite for destruction. Uh, Paradise City is the absolute worst song on the entire album. It's anticlimactic. It's like you're having the best, best sex in your life, and then all of a sudden you remember you're beaten off. You're all alone. There's nothing. <laughs> Ouch. But, it has the, but what about the big buildup at the end? Dark Side says that's the best for beating off. Thank you, Luzo. W.X. O'Blados, go get him. I think he's just saying that because it's you know it's a little bit played out. You know, I mean, a lot of radio stations and the video is always on and stuff. The video is always on. I think it holds up. Yeah, if you put it in the VCR on repeat. Exactly. Hey, look, the video's on again. Video's on a loop. Rewind it, life Okay, we could we could talk about Guns N' Roses forever, right, Dark Side? I know I could. I know I could. <laughs> but we got other things we have to take care of, like the recap from Friday's show. It's our interview with Sammy Hagar. Check it out. This is D Snyder Radio. Hey, Sammy, it's D. How you doing? Uh, D, I'm doing great. Yourself? Real good. I'm with Beth Lockwood. She's my co-host on my show. Hi, Sammy. Hi, Beth. 
Look, Sammy, we've spoken a couple times before, right? Sure, we have. Yes, we have. And one question I never had the chance to ask you, and it's on the it's on the minds of all my listeners. Sammy, how did Twisted Sister affect your life? <laughs> it just pissed me off, see, all the time, because there I was. I had a record out at the time. I had a video out at the time. And you guys, you know, just boom, exploded, and we're getting all this exposure, and you had hair like mine, you were uglier than me and everything, and you outdid me, and I was pissed. It just pissed me off. <laughs> you know, it actually dawned on me that you were, one time, I, we were not spoken about this, my listeners haven't heard this story, I got a message sent to me through channels that Sammy says, cut your hair, and I'm going, what, cop, what does that mean, cut my hair, you know, and then like years later, when my career declined, and you joined Van Halen, and you had, the thing had taken off for you, somebody came up to me and said, hey man, are you Sammy Hager, and I said, ah, <laughs> that's what he was dealing with in the early 80s. It, you know, the 80s were such a crazy time, you know, D, man, it's like, you know, it was so many, it seemed like it was always hip to be uh, you know, in a confrontation with somebody about something and the, and the ego trips and everybody's ego, you're supposed to be an ego maniac. You know, kind of like what David Lee Ross still is today. Well, <laughs> you know, th that's what you were supposed to be in the 80s, but, you know, it, 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 it's long gone. But it's so funny, you know, everybody was ragging everybody. I mean, I was always saying bad things about all the other bands and it was like, it was some big macho stuff. It was, it was fun. Hey man, I didn't take it personally. It's just the fact that you were talking to me was awesome. Dude, I, I played like every Montrose song in a cover band when I was 19, so, <laughs> so uh, you know, you're, I've got like seven copies of that first album. Uh, you know what, I read, the New, I, I read the New York Post article, you talking about David, and my jaw at the floor. I was like, holy crap. Yeah, I've never seen his reaction to any story be that severe. <laughs> well, it, was, it, it, was, it came off more brutal than it was supposed to be. Yeah. It's really, there's been two or three times, Steve, where this guy's really pissed me off on this tour, and it's not supposed to be that way. You know, this was, we, we, he's the one that came to me and wanted to do it. I'm the one that had to really think about it if I wanted to, you know, get involved with this guy. Sure. He's not... He's not the most reputable guy in the world. He's done some crazy crap out there to everybody. Paul Rogers calls me up immediately and says, I can't believe you're doing this. You're nuts. We took this guy on tour with us with Bad Company. He's the worst guy you'll ever meet. You know, nah, nah, nah. And I'm going, boy, you know, I should have listened. But, but it, I mean, I'm not looking. In hindsight, I still would have done this. This has been a great tour. But Dave, every now and then, pulls the plug on something that's really important. Like, the, how about the New York show? We do this whole tour together, we flip the coin on Howard Stern's show, you know, it's like, okay, I close one night, he closes the next, I close one night, he closes the next, and there's 90% of these towns, David Lee Ross should not be going on after me ever in the history of rock and roll, but right. I'm saying, fine, let's do it, you know, you know, last time Dave was in St. Louis, he played at 300 seat club and drew 200 people, you know, things like that, and, and, and it's like, he gets to close, and I'm going, okay, these are the rules, when it comes to New York, he goes, I'm not playing New York. I can't believe it. I live on Long Island in the vicinity of the Jones Beach Theater. It's a great venue. Absolutely. I couldn't believe you guys aren't playing. Well, I'm pissed. And, and so, so then I'm going, they got to be kidding. So I go to say, hey, man, you know, he's going, hey, okay, if we play, I close. And it's my turn to close because he closes the night before in Syracuse. I'm going, no, hold on. We had rules here. All of a sudden now, you're, I'm going to open for you in New York, you know, just because you just want to change the rule. And I was pissed. So when I did that interview, the next day I ragged him. And, and it, it hurt him. He got so mad the next night he comes in with his bodyguards and they're walking through down our hallway 
screaming and yelling out there, and people are pushing and shoving, and it, you know, guys, I gotta tell you, I'm not a David Lee Roth fan, straight up. He's you know, a good guy, and he is no fun, but it makes for a great concert, and when I go out there and play my hour and a half, whether I'm opening or closing, and actually, in your town, do um opening. And that's when I make life miserable for this guy. He cannot follow me, and I'll prove that on that night. Kind of like Jerry Lee Lewis <laughs> setting fire to the piano and then telling Chuck Berry, now go on. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, but it's fun, and it's been an awesome tour, and I'm really, you know, having a blast out here, and, and Dave's not having any fun. He needs to have more fun. Like, maybe you can make him have some fun. Do you, maybe you can show him how to have fun. Do you really think he has spray on hair? <laughs> you judge it, man. <laughs> more about it, man, because it really was unfair. Because I got very personal. Yeah. That stuff, and that's not cool. Okay. Although I went, I actually had the conversation. Said, okay, there's going to be a lot of mudslinging. We ain't going to get personal. We're not going to pick on each other's families. You know, so. <laughs> well, I just want to tell people because we're on in Richmond, Virginia, and of and Hartford, Connecticut. So you're uh, the 16th at the Nissan Pavilion in Bristow, Virginia. Monday, August 19th in Virginia Beach at the Verizon. Wireless Amphitheater and the 22nd of August in Hartford, Connecticut at the Meadows Music Theater. Now, now I know you and you're an athletic guy and you're in good shape. You can handle yourself and I'm saying, well, if someone is going to be able to say this kind of stuff and stand the heat, because I couldn't believe the tour was still going on. <laughs> I just pictured David like smoldering and like and, and it's like, oh well, back to the kitchen. I smell something burning. I, I, I couldn't imagine. Only you could be able to stand up to what he was... He, probably felt like doing to you when he showed up at the show that night. Got into it. We, we got into it from long distance. It was from one end of the hall, you know, him sticking a hit out of his dressing room, I'm sticking my... He was yelling at my drummer, and I stepped out and said, hey, Dave, shut up, man. You know, and he's going, hey, you know, I, I can say this, we got beepers, right? Yes. Yeah. F*** you. I'm going, well, f*** you. You know, it's, we started all that, and I said, well, you know, Dave, you need to have a little bit more fun. Maybe you need to change up your dope. Maybe you need some better dope. You know, something's not working for you, you know? So... You know, we got into all that kind of stuff. And then the bodyguards came out, and then they start pushing and shoving everybody. Then his manager gets in a beef with his own bodyguard. I mean, it's just, it's that stupid. So here's what they've done. My crew, last night, it was my turn to close in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So last night, I get to my to my dressing room, to the outside area, and there's a, it's like I'm going, what's this place under construction? The whole crew had plywood and drills and hammers and they were putting up a big wall between us so we couldn't see each other. <laughs> Listen, the only you could like this kind of stuff. You need to be out here on this. You need to see this because it is. We, we put up a wall. They put up a, a, a portable wall now between us when we have guest rooms so we cannot see each other. It's unbelievable, man. And me and the other. We're talking with Sammy Hagar. Sammy, uh, so uh, I got a question for you because you're, you're a sports guy and I've seen there's a rumor. Legend has it Elvis Presley persuaded Sammy not to follow in his father's footsteps of becoming a professional boxer. Is that true? No, that's so crazy. Is what is what I said in an interview in 1976. You know, when I first left Montrose, I did my first bio in '75 and on Capitol Records, and I talked about how Elvis Presley had an influence in me becoming wanting to become a, a musician, a singer. You know. Uh, I hate to use the word rock star because, damn, I don't think I am still, you know. I, I, I just want to be called a musician, a singer, songwriter, guitarist, you know, fun guy. Uh, you are. Manufacturer, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Elvis, I never met Elvis in my life. If I would have met Elvis, I probably would, I'd probably be like 
somebody else today because, you know, I was such a huge Elvis fan. I had big sisters that, you know, were from that era. And I was, when I was four years old, they had me dressed up, my hair combed like Elvis. They had me with a broomstick and, you know, playing their records and, and having me dance for their girlfriends. And I loved it. You know, the girls were like giving, me, giving it all up. These older girls, too, you know. So I'm going, yeah, this is, this is what a way to make a living. And Elvis Presley, you know, the creature... Uh, totally influenced me to want to do that for for a living, and and uh, well, I had to ask because tomorrow is the you know, the Friday is the anniversary of his death. So, yeah. I was good. hey, is D- David like I'm seeing these reviews, like the Rolling Stone review, and they're raving about you, and they are killing David. Yeah, it's been pretty pretty brutal out here. That's why he's, I think that's why he's so he's not so, he's so unhappy. I'm sure. <laughs> But you can't believe the reviews. I mean, I believe them because they're good about me. But if it was the, if it was the other way around, I'd be going, this guy don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I mean, I mean, and I and I from right here, fee- I get all sorts of feedback, and people are saying the show's amazing. It, I mean, the amount of hits you guys are pumping out in one night is just unfathomable, really. That's right. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly the whole key to this this concert. It's like you know, Elton and Billy. Are the only people that can give you this many hits, but they ain't these kind of rock. Well, this is rock. Well, this is fist clinging in the air, man. You know, it's like maybe we'll play. We're not going to take it, man. Cause what do you think? <laughs> do we throw that into the damn mix? Man, we it's like the, it's all those kind of hits. You know, it's those great rock and roll hits. I mean, I, I mix it up. I don't play just Van Halen. I play fifty percent Van Halen, but I can't. I play heavy metal, one way to rock, and <clears throat> and fifty five and Moss Tequila, of course. My oh, you got to. You got? Did you play any mantras? I play rock candy. Oh damn! You want to come out? Oh, f- I would love to come out. Are you going to be in New York? Are you going to be in Hartford? Actually, maybe I'll come yeah, up for that one. Up. You come down to the show, do you? you come out and see rock candy? I know the words, man. I'll do it all. We'll do good rocks tonight. Bad motor scooter. We're not going to do a mantra. <laughs> <laughs> no mantra said. Oh damn! The whole first album, man. Hey, you're into sports, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, we just been talking about this on the air, and I'd love to get your opinion. What do you think about? over-the-top heckling at sporting events. I'm talking about not just booing and hissing. I'm talking about yelling at the players, trashing their families, talking about their mothers, that kind of hardcore heckling. It's really, really wrong because it's what it's going to do is it's going gonna, it's gonna to take away the, the average Joe that doesn't want to go to a sporting event because he's afraid some violence is going to break out and he just don't want to take your families. And pretty soon it's going to be a bunch of guys, no women, just any place where it's all guys, I don't want to be there. You know? Thank you. <laughs> and, and, and you know, and that's what it's going to do. It's going to take the, the female out of the sport, and then you're going to have just these bunch of guys fighting. It's like, who the hell wants to go do that, you know? I say it's a professional game. You root, you cheer for your team. You know, of course, you yell some crazy stuff if something goes wrong. You know, you know but just yeah. too far... If you want that kind of stuff, go see the UFC. I've been to a couple of UFC matches, you know, and Tito Ortiz is a friend. And it's awesome fighting. It's all about fighting. Women don't belong there, you know, but it's like a cockfight or something, you know. Right. But if you like that kind of stuff. But no, man, leave baseball and football and hockey and all that stuff. Let's leave it for to be family sports, man. All right, last question because I know you got to go. And, and i got to ask this because I kind of know the answer already. But uh, what's the deal? Van Halen, you and the guys ever again? I think it's inevitable, and you do too. Everybody knows it. It's yeah. really inevitable. There's no Van Halen 4. Van Halen 3 didn't work. Uh, Whoa, come on, Gary Sharon. <laughs> oh, Gary's great. And, you know, I love Gary, but it didn't work. No, it didn't work. He's a great singer, though. He's a good singer, and he's a good songwriter, but it just it was just wrong. Right. You know, it, it, and I'm surprised that they even tried that, because, you know, that, that was just... 
that was uh, uh, well, anyway. That was power tripping on on Eddie's part. Mm-hmm. But so you think that eventually, yeah, it's it's sort of hard to keep it apart, especially I'm I sure the offers are there. They've tried it with Dave four times. Michael Anthony's been out on tour with me. Yeah, I read that. Out on this tour, he did he did nine of the shows. He's in Hawaii right now, drinking cobble wobble underneath some palm tree over by my house. <laughs> well, I'm out here working, but that's another story. <laughs> but he's coming back out on the 28th. Uh, and and he's going to finish the tour with me, and then we're going to go in the studio with Neil Schoen, those guys, and do the, the Planet Us project. But but you know, Mike says they tried it with Dave again and again and again, and it just didn't work. And I I understand why now. You know, I, now we're crazy before I met Dave. So I, I think that it's inevitable. I'm not really in a hurry. It's going to happen naturally because I wouldn't do it just for business, just for money. I, it isn't like say I'm a Dave tour here where you can put a, a petition between us. We have to be friends. We have to look each other in the eye, and we have to go out and make as good a music as we ever did. And if we can't do that, then it'll never happen. Let me just tell the people again, the Sam and Dave tour, you can see it in, uh, let's see, in Bristol, Virginia, August 16th, Virginia Beach, August 19th, and in Hartford, Connecticut, up here on August 22nd. Thanks, Sam. I really appreciate the call. Right on. We'll see you, too. Have peace and love and happiness. And, D, come on down and sing with me, please, brother. All right. I think it's about time we actually <laughs> met face-to-face. All right. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye. We're back. That was our recap. And, damn, I want to go do that thing. We're going to be at the Sam Adams Fest. I was like, there's a yeah. Oh, we're going to be in Boston. What an offer. I used to sing the damn song, that song in a band, you know, in a club band. Get up there on stage and sing it with the guy who sang it in the first place. I would not be embarrassed. I'd elbow him right off the freaking stage. <laughs> I'll take it from here, son. Poof, yeah, a little hot, sweet. I'll be going. All right. I hope it doesn't, but I hope somebody, if anybody sees Sammy, tell him D wanted to come, but he's not in town. Why don't you do, uh, like, a live feed, like, from your hotel room in Boston? <laughs> I'm sure they'd set that up. <laughs> Hi, is this on? Yeah. All right. Beaming D in. <laughs> Big satellite head shows up. Big satellite head. Actual size. <laughs> um, all right, we'll take a break. We're going to come back. Um, I had an interesting experience. It was a while, a little while ago, but it came to, came to mind uh, with my brother and myself, my brother Frank, when we were talking about how we carry our money and the difference between the two of us. And I just I found this little article on what it means, you know, like your wallet and what it looks like and how it's organized and what it says about you as a person. So I'm just curious. We'll talk about that, how other people in this room or rooms here uh, carry their money. Uh, stick around. This is D. Snyder Radio. D. Snyder Radio. Radio, it's hypothetically, hypothetically Tuesday. So do get your hypothetical situations, your what if scenarios into the show. Send them to DSR at yoink3d.com. If we use it on the air, you get a Decider Radio prize pack and be creative, okay? We've been getting some real good ones. Put on your thinking cap, people. Challenge us. Please? Okay. That's yoink3d. Dot com, DSR at Ewing3D.com. Here's uh, a letter sent from uh, GD, I can't pronounce the last name, regarding Friday's recap about heckling. And he or she says, I missed yesterday's show. 
just now caught some of the conversation about sports fans and heckling. See, this is the beauty of the recap. I've always viewed people who act like dark-sided sport, sports events to be complete morons. The only thing lower on the food chain would be one called one-celled creatures and corporate executives. <laughs> Beating amoeba. Oh, bitch, bitch, bitch. <laughs> that said, why do these people get so passionate about a team that doesn't know who they are, doesn't care who they are, and whose performance won't have any effect at all in their lives unless they bet on them or work for them? I find it pitiful that someone has to find meaning in his or her life by living vicariously through sports. The same could be said about rock stars and going to a rock concert. You're sitting there cheering hey, hey, for hey, somebody hey, that... Hey, no, it's, it's totally yeah, true. Like you're, cheering for, you're cheering and you're, you're going nuts for somebody I that say it. doesn't know who you are, doesn't care who you are, unless you're not there. That way they don't get their paycheck. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's all the same. He cares. I care, Dark Oh, that's cool, man. I cared about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I, I'm not saying that. That was that was that was a listener. I know. I that's, um, that. that's what I'm saying about, man. I'm, I think they do good. care. They may not know you personally, but I think they do care. I think the, the roar of the crowd fires them up. Sure. And I think the booze bring them down. I mean, you th- I think the Mets felt when they lost their like 11th or 12th straight at home. And their fans started chanting, strike, 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 oh, strike. Man. Not good. Oh, God. Oh, they'll finally take their own lives. Jeez. Uh, but that's the, that's the downside there. Mm-hmm. And by the way, do take note, people. All right. A couple things are happening. This is our last week of broadcast before our vacation. We go on vacation uh, after Friday's show. And we'll be away through Labor Day. So, I think we'll come back, I guess, after Tuesday. We'll be back. The Tuesday after Labor Day. Thursday and Friday, we'll be doing a remote broadcast, our first of this nature, from Sam Adams Fest in Boston at the Sam Adams Brewery. And I've never done these things before. But people are talking about, oh, we got to go, we got to go. It's invitation only. And us, and I guess 59 other morning shows. The best of the no, best. No, dude. Uh, 36 other morning shows. 36, okay. Morning shows. But you got to think how many cities there are mm-hmm. in the country. Um, you know, are going to be there, and I guess 36 afternoon shows as well, roughly, broadcasting. And the idea, it is a fe- it's an invitation-only event. There's... Uh, going to be a big concert lives playing on the weekend is that correct live mm-hmm. and other bands yep and all these celebrities supposed to be there now i heard that matt damon and ben affleck were there last time and i'm like whoa yeah let's go okay down go let's go let's go we get the list this week these are the top four people on the list right here tommy lee johnny knoxville gene simmons and the 2002 playmate of the year Daylene Curtis. All right, Gene Simmons really creeps me out. I mean, <laughs> if we interview that guy, I've got to have at least two people between my seat and his seat. Yeah. Especially because, you know, Jim Cook is always trying to get me wasted yeah. when we have him in the studio. <laughs> uh, but, well, I'm looking here, and, and I don't think I'm out of line in saying I'm going to want to be one of the biggest stars there. <laughs> if you do say so yourself. 
Yeah. I gotta say, <laughs> yeah. what kind of freaking lineup is this? An eighties rocker? Yeah, he's a celebrity. I mean, not, I'm not saying he's not. No people don't know who he is. Tommy Lee's interesting, but he's an eighties rocker. Johnny Knoxville. He's you know. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty well known. Gene, this is no Ben Affleck and Mac Damon. Yeah. Where are those two guys? Where's J Lo? Where's the Where's the big Gene Simmons? Damn. And Dee Snyder. I want security. <laughs> <laughs> it's like okay all right so this is the big lineup great so anyway but it's gonna be anyway we're gonna have fun bottom line and it'll be great to watch best squirrel you know squirm when gene shows up and I mean, he try to avert her eyes when Tommy Lee's penis shows up five minutes before <laughs> Tommy. Yo! <laughs> so he's better keep that tongue in his mouth when he's being interviewed by us. Tommy Lee's penis arrives, and don't worry, Tommy's coming. And that better stay uh, in its place as well. He's right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so we will be broadcasting on Thursday and Friday from up there. So it's going to be fun. Anyway, you slice, it'll be a good time. Uh, Ebony and Ivory, you got to... Hey, you know what? Oh, you got to hit the streets of Beantown. Yeah. yeah. We can do that. We, but how are we going to... Okay, we'll talk about the, you know, the technical aspects of it. But I'd be ashamed to waste that. You know, that magic. We have to capture some of that. Okay. So, yeah. So, a few months ago, my brother Frank, the cable guy, was my younger brother. He's uh, a few years younger than me. I guess four years younger, and I are talking, and we're talking about the differences between us, and we're very different people. And he go, and I forgot how it comes up, but he goes, for, and it, if we're talking about organization, whatever. He goes, for example, how do you carry your money? And I reach in my pocket and I pulled out this ball of money because that's how I carry it. It's flat, but it's all just—it's a wad of cash. Yeah, it's not layered. Yeah. It's not, it's not folded evenly. It's, it's all folded on top. And he just starts laughing. And uh, he goes, and he pulls out his wallet. And it's pristine. And it's, it's beautifully done. Now, I have a wallet, but it's like, a, it's like a thin one that carries like credit cards and licenses and things like that. And, you know, and I carry that separate from the money, from the cash. And he opens it up. He goes, you'll see, not only is the money in an orderly fashion, <laughs> he's showing me, but they're sequenced. Well, it's got to be by denomination. <laughs> well, you got, yeah. you got to, right? Yours is secrets, too? Well, they're not upside right. You know, I don't do it they're that They're not bank-faced. Right, but, but they're by denomination. No, I'm, <laughs> hey, look, you can look at me and laugh. He laughed when he saw my money come out. <laughs> and I laughed when I saw his money come out. And his were bank-faced, too. Well, mine aren't bank-faced, I have to admit. Like, what, you know what bank face is, Dark Side? No, what's that? It's, uh, they like them to have all the president's faces uh, facing upright and in the same direction. Oh, that's pretty anal. I'm not banks, that bad. Banks insist that, well, I don't know why, but like when you give a pile of money to a bank, they'll sit there and they'll, they have to organize it. It's called bank facing. And um, so I look, I go, holy crap, look at that wallet. It's spotless. <laughs> <laughs> it's really beautiful, man. That's, that's something. So, but I actually... Now every time I pull my money out, I think about it, but I sort of take it as a badge of honor in a way because it's just it speaks volumes. I mean, for me as an individual, he just pulled what? out his wad of ones. 
<laughs> all crinkled up. <laughs> Pretty sweet, dark yeah. side. Big Bill's on the outside. Surprise. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, how, is that how you carry it, too? You got the wad? Yeah, well, I got the wallet, and, uh, like, I'll carry a spare 20 in the wallet for just-in-case purposes. But aside from that, I'll just put it in a wad in my pocket. The wallet on a chain. The wallet's on a chain. That way nobody steals it from me or nothing like and what that. what do you got in the wallet? Um, oh, man, a bunch of junk. I put, like... Receipts and stuff like that, pictures of the boy, and, and, and mostly like you got your you know, license, yeah, the license, one one credit card, one credit just card, just approved, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hunting Pretty license sweet. and stuff like that, yeah, just the basic necessities, yeah. And as far as the as far as the cash goes, I'm really horrible with that as well because I I'll get like two hundred dollars out of the bank and I'll put it in my pocket and I will walk around with less and less and less money until I have nothing in my pocket <laughs> and I'm borrowing from my kids. Yeah, then people are floating you loans. <laughs> yeah, I'm like I'm like uh, Shane, you got two bucks on you and I got to get to the bank. Like it's it's not, it's only when it's completely out of my pocket and I have to borrow money from my family members that I go back and I get a couple hundred dollars more that I hold on to that for a little while. Psycho, I'm going to I'm going to guess that you're organized money. What money you have? I know you can't, funds are limited, but it's everybody's got a few dollars on them. That it's all nicely. You carry it very neatly in your pocket, probably in your wallet. Um, yeah, pretty neatly. I, uh, you know, I fold up the bills and put them on one side of the wallet. Keep the credit By cards on the other one. Um, no, nah, not really. Oh. Yeah, well, you only got ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> What's the separation? Doesn't really matter. Yes, but on a technicality. You know what my big thing is? My big thing is uh, I'm, I'm like an old elderly woman. I save every bank receipt when I go to the ATM until my wallet is, you know, like five inches thick. The Costanza. Yeah. What do you do with them? I, I just save them for personal record, you know, and then uh, and then after like a year, I'll clean out my wallet, and my wallet's back down to like you know a half inch thick. See, I do that, but I would check it against my bank statement, and then I throw them away. Yeah, then shred it. No, each month you don't, or or now I go online and I check it. Uh, immediately, and then you shred it or throw it away. You know, tear it up. You're old mm -hmm. school. You've got to have the paper copy. Yeah, definitely. So what about what about you, Mud? Well, I don't carry a wallet anymore because when I was 16, I had like 200 bucks in there and I lost it and I was so pissed off. I swore I'd never carry a wallet again. So I fold my money up with my with one credit card and a license, really neat, currencies, all in denomination. Band. Thank you. And, um, you know, I go from, um, I, I do it that way and that's about it. And I keep it nice and neat. You know, I don't carry the wallet. I got I got a separate little thing I bought from um uh, what's one of those stores you know what I'm talking about uh, the wallet store not the, the wallet store. store the bookstore the, the bookstore big one. Borders. Oh, Staples Staples I got one of those credit card okay. dividers for all that Oof. good stuff <laughs> okay yeah well you, I know what you figure you're saying. I lost the wallet. I lost my 200. Yeah. The odds of me losing anymore. my pants are pretty slim. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the pants staying on me, the money's staying with there me. There you go. I got that. Well, in short, it says, this comes from uh, an author named Karen O. She wrote a book called Men Made Easy. Mm -hmm. So I guess as you can tell stuff from their wallets. If On the surface, if the wallet is shiny, new, or super scuffed, the guy with a smooth, shiny wallet is likely, likely to be impulsive and willing to spend money on flashy gifts and trips. A worn-in wallet signifies a loyal lad who's low-key, laid-back, and dependable. My wallet is, like, old and worn. 
Dark side, that, that thing. <laughs> what does it say if you have the Confederate flag on your wallet? Like Dave has? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have WT. a category for that? <laughs> David, WT. Confederate flag <laughs> wallet on chain. <laughs> Pretty sweet, though, isn't it? As far as money matters goes, paper or plastic, a guy who carries a wad of cash shows a sign of conservative old school stud. Hmm. Come on. Enjoy I it. thought that people who had big wads of cash were trying to show off. Uh, well, be careful not to let his traditionalism creep. I don't. Well, yeah, that's. I would think they're kind of show offs too. The yeah. big wad. Guys who bank on plastic have a younger, more playful mentality. They're more open to new ideas, but less reliable for the long term. Yeah, they're dating you on <laughs> on credit. <laughs> and as far as the contents go, uh, regarding if it's completely cluttered or nice and neat, if his billfold is jammed, beware. He might be careless, childish, or just lazy. Hello. <laughs> But a man with a weeded out wallet has life under control. Dog said, you're probably a pretty weeded out wallet in there. Yeah, I just keep the necessities in there. Like, I'll do what Psycho does. I'll keep, like, the receipts in there and stuff like that. But then I clean it out pretty much, like, once a week, once every couple of you're days. competent, organized, and best of all, I know. a grown-up. Yeah, I am. Wow. You've got to tell me. More confirmation. I think we read more in the book. It said, if owns inflatable Bucks helmet. <laughs> Forget what we just said. Yeah. Beth, news is next. What's going on? Uh, two American soldiers wounded in Afghanistan. Also, a new study confirms the existence of beer goggles. You always knew it was true. Ecstasy to blame for the latest act of bestiality. I'll explain that. Also, naming your car may help keep it in good shape. Last week's champ holds on at the box office, and Elizabeth Hurley tells us about her gold member scene that ended up on the cutting room floor. All that and more. And we got a couple immediate reactions to what we were talking about at DSR at Yoink3D.com. I'll get to those as well when we return with more D. Snyder Radio. Stick around. D. Snyder Radio. Really in an effort to make it something special for you. You are a fanatic. Do you know that? I hope you'll enjoy it. On Radio 104. D-E-E. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. DSnyderRadio.com DSnyderRadio.com is an R at the end of that. Uh, our email address, which you people seem to be getting, DSR at Yoink3D.com Peep Run Server, Clint doing an excellent job. Like when Clint goes to the extra effort of he finds like lost emails that went to the wrong address or a yeah. similar address and gets them to us. I never got one of those from the Clear Channel server. <laughs> it's just those, those, those emails just float around out there and people think that I got them and I never did. A lot of reaction to Ebony and Ivory, boys, and hard-hitting New Britain. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Dark Side Dave? Yeah. <laughs> This uh, person, uh, GD, oh, it's GD, the same person to that uh, busted your chops 
regarding uh, the bu- you know your heckling and all that stuff like that. Yeah. Says I never went to school there, but I did live there for a couple of years from '88 to '90 on Allen Street, which oh. wasn't that bad an area. Hmm. I wasn't uncomfortable anywhere except for driving down one street that I think was called Oak Street. Ooh, Very yeah. bad vibes there. Yeah, going down <laughs> into the jungle. <laughs> it's called a jungle. Now, first it was pea corner, now it turned to the jungle. That's a whole <laughs> different section One block. Of town. <laughs> One block jungle. <laughs> uh, let's see. Costa Chris says, keep in mind that hard at- hardness is relative. I can see how New Britain could be hard and badass for dark side and boring for a 17-year-old girl. You know, it's uh, relative dark side. Right. <laughs> she wasn't around. Rock... D, I don't know if I'm saying this name here, says, where did you guys go in New Britain? Like, what street or what was near it? Blang, blang. Do you know the name of the street you were on? Ah, it was blang, something blang. by Corbin's Corner. That's all I remember. We got off one of the exits. Yeah. No, um, okay, do you know where, uh, what, Hollywood Video? Yeah, somewhere over there. Yeah, I know. We right. were in that area. Mm, okay. Yeah, and that's supposed yeah, to be the hard That's supposed part. to be the hard part. No, yes, that's why is. I told you guys ahead oh, of time. Okay. Take okay. me with you as your tour guide. I would have been well, quiet and everything, but you guys didn't want to listen. Leah Singleton from New Britain has your back, okay? And she says, uh, I got to agree with Dave on New Britain. I am the same age and grew up in New Britain. It used to be a dangerous place to be. It has, however, gotten better with stepped-up police intervention. Even a crook knows when to move to a new location. <laughs> back in the day, it was possible to get stabbed for Walking in the wrong area. Mm-hmm. See right. that? Yeah. Franco from Richmond said, "Hard hit in New Britain should be more like soft serve New Britain." <laughs> what the hell does he know? <laughs> well, well, you should be Richmond. you should be happy that your old neighborhood has been cleaned up, Dave. Well, I don't care. I don't live there anymore. But I just you know wanted to get the respect it deserves. Okay. Oh, yeah. You'd rather yeah, have it be known as a place where you could get blind, knifed. Blind, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, I would, man. They okay. grow up hard, you know. <laughs> we got so some. I told, <laughs> told you we got some instant responses uh, at DSR at Yoink3D.com because Metal Mark is monitoring. John said regarding wallets, a guy I used to work with had an interesting way of keeping his cash. He never kept more than about $20 in any one pocket. Hmm. So he had it all spread around. He said that this was a reaction to working in New York City. If you get mugged, you give them the cash out of one pocket, they get 20 bucks and leave. <laughs> That's so hard. spread it around. That's how they used to do it in New Britain, right, Dark Side? <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's, called, that's called New Britain in your cash. Must be where he learned it. <laughs> and Smiling Mike says, regarding bank facing, it's very important. I work here in Connecticut at one of our fine casinos as a dealer, and when they throw a wad of money at me and don't bank face it, I want to bitch slap them. Blind, hmm. blind. But he didn't say why it needs to be <laughs> uh, I don't understand. Oh, well. Our phone number, 866-5504-D. Now let's get some news. D. Snyder Radio. Headlines. Two American soldiers wounded during a mission in southern Afghanistan are now being treated in Germany. Military spokesman didn't say who shot them, but four men were captured during the intelligence gathering mission. White House spokesman says a military summit in Texas this week isn't a session for planning a war on Iraq. Yesterday, some lawmakers said President Bush needs more support from Congress and the American people for ousting Iraqi leader Saddam Hussein. New study has established that beauty may be in the eye of the beer holder (laughs) rather than the beholder. Scientists in Scotland say they have found proof of the so-called beer goggle effect following a study involving 80 students. 
They discovered that men and women who have drunk a moderate amount of alcohol find the faces of the opposite sex 25% more attractive than their sober counterparts. <laughs> students at Glasgow University were shown color photographs of 120 male and female students aged 18 to 26 and then were asked to rate their aesthetic properties on a scale of between 1, highly attractive, to 7, highly unattractive. Students who had more to drink rated them more attractive than the students who were sober. Yeah, well, you know what? They should have also put a time of n- evening as well. <laughs> Lighting. Because I think, yeah, attractiveness is based on a bell curve. The closer it gets to mm-hmm. closing time, there's no <laughs> doubt. Dark side. What you would go home with at 2, 3 in the morning is a lot less than what you go home with at 10 when you arrive. Yeah. Time's what's running that, out. What's TikTok. that saying? Uh, a 2 at 10 is a 10 at 2? I've <laughs> 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 never heard that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I see how that could work. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Frankenstein's at the corner of the party. So. Yeah. Hey, baby. He looks so bad. He looks pretty good. <laughs> hey, baby girl. That line probably friend. works better at 2 a.m. It's a lot better odds. <laughs> a dog causing problems on an American Airlines flight has led to the company banning all aggressive dogs from its planes. On July 22nd, a flight from San Diego to New York, a pit bull escaped from its cage in the cargo hold and then chewed through some electrical cables. <laughs> the damage knocked out a backup radio and some navigation gear, but the airline stresses it didn't put the flight in any danger. The airline says safety concerns have now led to a ban on pit bulls, Rottweilers, and Dobermans from its flights. The American Kennel Club says the airline, though, is overreacting and should focus on ensuring that travel containers are secure I think that's much rather crap. than banning breeds as a whole. What a bunch of... Yeah, that's messed up. That's so stupid. Out of all the I years... I want to land safely, Wait. okay? I know, but how... Out of all the years that air air travel has been around, this is probably the first time something like this has ever happened. I heard so about it. Happen- I remember it happening once before. A dog this. getting out and chewing through the navigation system. Yes, I do. System. I swear, like a couple like years ago, not yeah. that long ago. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know what kind of breed dog it was. First of all, that dog was interviewed, and he said, free country, my ass. What, <laughs> what are we, in Russia? <laughs> uh, <laughs> secondly, I thought they were supposed to sedate the dogs. Well, that's, you know, I mean, dogs in general, when they're shipped, yeah. they get weird. Have you ever had a dog shipped dark side by air freight? No, no. I mean, it just freaks them out. Well, you know, and you I don't think, like to fly, Dave, and you you I know, know what's but I'm going not going to go down and gnaw through the navigation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm just saying, I don't you think might. I, I, you might. Might. I wouldn't off, count it out. I just think that's an off <laughs> chance that something like that would happen. You know, so banning all I, aggressive dogs. What? Who are they to label what dog is aggressive and what's not? No, but even and I think. I think you're right, Doug said. I think I think the what is American Kennel mm-hmm. Association, wherever they were, that I mean, a little dog, if the cage is in, uh, not secured, yeah. they get freaked out, and the flight could just jump out and start chewing on wires yeah. and things like that. A as well. they, really, they should just the sedate is, them and keep them yeah. locked up really well. Gas them all. <laughs> <laughs> Problem okay. solved. Just have some lines run in the uh, cargo hold and just. <laughs> Just put them all out for the ride. <laughs> a Mississippi man is now jailed for 18 months after having sex with a horse oh. while high on ecstasy. 
<laughs> Carl Patrick the horse Brown. The <laughs> I wasn't clear. Was caught on video surveillance cameras set up by a farmer who Hello. suspected I'm there had been Red. trespassers yes. invading yes. his barn. The 30-year-old admitted having sexual intercourse with a horse, and he'll have to register as a sex offender once he's released because this oh. offense is considered a sex crime in Mississippi. Yes. Prosecutors wanted to point out that sex crimes involving animals are uncommon in that area. Julia Roberts is outraged. She's uh, been quoted as saying, throw the book at the bastard. <laughs> 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 it's horrible. It's what's being done to horses. So what, like the horse had a huge pacifier in its mouth? And it was like wasted on X. Sitting there, minding its own business, high on X, and this guy comes and does it. It's horrible. Another reason, kids, not to do drugs. Don't do drugs. Dark side's going. What are you talking about? You said the selling point. <laughs> made that horse look good. <laughs> Talk about it, Bennett, too. I know. Beer goggles. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take a break. More news when we get back with more D Snyder Radio. Snyder Radio. The Snyder Radio 104. I want Snyder Radio, which is what the American dream is all about. Is that wrong? My mentor and inspiration. The Snyder on Radio 104. Let's go. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. Bikers for babies. Attention all motorcyclists. Make a note. On September 8th, we're going to have some fun for a good cause, too. Join me and New Rock Radio 104 for the March of Dimes Bikers for Babies run on Sunday, September 8th. It's a 40-mile bike run starting at the Middletown Elks Lodge and ending at the Westbrook Elks Lodge. Ride begins at 11. Now, there's a pre-registration party beginning Saturday, September 7th at Harbor Park, Route 9 in Middletown from 4 to 7 p.m. <clears throat> Head on over there. Have some fun in the afternoon. Hang out with Mudbone and Psycho Dan. They'll be hosting it for Radio 104. You can also register the day of the event, so don't sweat it, between 9.30 and 10.45 a.m. at the Middletown Elks Lodge. For more information, go to our website, dsnyderradio.com, or call 860-290-5540. This is, I did this last year, it was my first time. It was truly amazing. Nearly a thousand bikes. Want to break that this year. Beautiful crews, every intersection blocked off by the local police, which was awesome. And driving past those police and not getting pulled over. Excellent. Uh... Just kidding, officer. Anyway, we go through some of those beautiful parts of Connecticut, down along the shore, wind up at the uh, Westbrook Elks Club Lodge where there's a band, food, people hanging out. It's a great day. And for my friends, my peeps, down Richmond Way, just jot this on your calendar. October 12th, Marsha Dines Biker for Babies Run. I'll be down there. I'll be the uh, Grand Marshal. Information on that, 804-968-4120. More information as we approach, get closer to that date. Uh, some reactions here sent to DSR at 
yoink3d.com. A few quickies. First of all, regarding the March of Dimes run, the Phantom Peep says, he f I figured out a way to become a little more badass. I just bought a bike at Brothers Harley-Davidson in Brantford. Even a preppy guy like me looks cool on this ride. I'll be joining the fray on the March of Dimes ride. Cool. Phantom Peep, you're right. You will look badass. So, uh, looking forward to having you there. Uh, Maria Van writes in, just a little information. She says, I was driving my son to school today. We stopped behind a busload of teenage girls. Yes, all girls. One or two of them glanced back my way, and when they noticed the D Euro on my front windshield, the entire bus went nuts. <laughs> girls were all waving devil horns and peace signs, and one <laughs> even blew a kiss to you. She mouthed the words, 4D. <laughs> 4D. If only they've been doing that on the bus about 27 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> D. Snyder, UAG, retired, under, underage girl, dater, retired. So, uh, but it's nice to be appreciated. I, yeah, I ran into a bunch of young girls on, uh, on the ferry one day, and they were all freaking out. That's pretty cool. <laughs> Again, I'll say, if only you could have elicited that reaction about... Yeah. Yes. 30 years ago. <laughs> the head's on straight. The head's on straight. It's nice that they like the show. Um, and lastly, we kind of talked a little bit about that website for judging your penis, and we talked about right. the male member. Well, Fresh Frankie said that uh, he recently received an unsolicited ad in his email account, made the claim, add three to four inches guaranteed. Said to himself, what the hell, sprung for the 80 bucks. Took the two-month supply religiously this weekend. Wife got out the tape measure. Checked progress. Damn. Got to get his money back. He said he should have been at least five foot eight by now. <laughs> P.S. Side effects are terrible. What am I supposed to do with 14 inches? Uh, <laughs> fresh, funny Frankie. <laughs> what else is going on in the news? Well, nearly three in four used car dealers say that named cars are in better shape than other vehicles. About 20% of car owners were found to have given their vehicles names, with women apparently far more likely to do so. Most dealers said cars with names were more likely to have a full service history, be kept in a garage, be driven better, and have any minor defect replaced immediately. Thank you. I could see that. There's the boss, there's the Shelby, and then there's the Indian. They're all well-kept and cared for. You've been, we have a long history of naming your cars, Dave. I name my vehicles. Yes, I do. I, I like naming my vehicles. But I've had some named ones that were crappy. Seabiscuit. <laughs> it was problematic from the first day I got it. It wasn't good. I didn't have any money. And that thing, I ran that into the ground. Then there was the Mungmobile. Which was a 63 Comet four-door. Sweet. Three-speed on, on the column. Old school. So <laughs> My brother Frank named it the Mungmobile because it was the color of dead grass. <laughs> Certain names are not names of pride. No. So, you know, so like Dark Side, the Rainbow Mobile. Did that... Did you take like great care of the Rainbow Mobile, or is that a piece of crap? As good as I could. I <laughs> Why'd really you good... call it the Rainbow Mobile? Because it was I had it was a '72 Dodge Charger. <laughs> this thing was <laughs> sweet. I mean, as far as like engine wise, you know, I mean, it ran. Come on, awesome. out the closet. Fast as hell. Come on, no, 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 no. Come on, Rainbow Coalition. <laughs> Big Jesse Jackson fan. Uh, <laughs> I was taking chances driving that thing around in Britain. All right. Yeah. No. So why? I bought it. I got it from this old lady who's son worked at a junkyard mm -hmm. and uh, she mm -hmm. kept getting into fender benders so he would bring home 
body parts from chargers that were in the junkyard and just swap them out, you know, after every time she got in. So the hood was blue, the fenders were red, the back trunk was like a powder blue color. I mean, it was all different, all different kind of like colors on this thing, you know what I'm saying? You're calling it Frankenstein. (laughs) I mean, there was no like Bondo or anything on it. There was no rust or anything Mm -hmm. because he would just put on new parts Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it wasn't Bondo. It just needed needed one specific color that it couldn't find, you know? Couldn't the come Rainbow up with mobile. the uh, 39 bucks for the Earl Shot special. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, a gay prison inmate may get the right to kiss his male lover after all. A federal appeals court wants a lower court to reconsider its ruling prohibiting same-sex kissing during prison visits. Carl Whitmire claims the Arizona Department of Corrections is violating his constitutional rights because he's not allowed to kiss with his imprisoned lover when he visits. Whitmore's lawyers note the opposite-sex couples are allowed to hug and kiss during jail visits. The state says the policy protects gay inmates from potential abuse if their sexual orientation were to become known, but the appeals court said the reasoning is flawed because Whitmire's partner is openly gay in jail. I'll tell you what, they're doing more. Has anybody ever gone to visit somebody in prison? No. The only one? Thank you. Of course. Not in the ones behind the glass, but the ones where you can actually sit in a room with somebody. You've been to that one? You know, you sit at a table and you've yeah. seen it on Law and Order. Yeah, yeah. You, you can shake hands, you can hug or whatever. Yeah, you, you can, can you do can. all that good stuff. But Sneak man, them some of them couples, they're just about doing it right there in the room. <laughs> they got to break them up. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, yeah. They, they, they like, bam, they're like on each other and, and they're like, oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, break it up. Like, like a ref in a prize fight. Okay, okay. Break it out. Step off, step off. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess, I mean, yeah, you know, they absolutely should have the same rights. Of but, course. Yeah. Gotta keep your pants on. Hey, by the way, this email just came in to uh, DSR at yoink3d.com. Boogie from Richmond. Heads up for you, Psycho Dan, for that March of Dimes ride the day before thing you're doing at mm-hmm. Harbor Park. Yep. Want to remind you not to offer anybody a glass of shut the F up juice. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, with that group, you might just show, come up missing. <laughs> <laughs> Wrong crowd. Yeah. Monday, we're Psycho. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> told those bikers how about a big tall glass of shut the F out of shoes. Gotcha. Well, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals is now launching an attack on sport fishing. Bruce Friedrich, who is a spokesperson, said they're trying to get fishing banned in all state parks. Say fishing is a violent and cruel sport that victimizes the innocent inhabitants of the nation's waterways. So they've started a campaign demanding states ban fishing. They say fish have a capacity to feel pain and to suffer, and for reasons that defy logic, we allow people to spend their afternoon impaling them on hooks. You bunch of losers! Fishing is not permitted in state parks in about (coughs) half of the states, but none of the rest is taking PETA's bait. Nine, including California and Washington, have said no. My bum. Ain't sport fishing all about catching the fish throwing and like it back, throwing it right? back? Yeah. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Well, it seems like well, let's you say would, you're I mean, not fishing for yeah. food or sustenance. You're fishing just to put a hook in it, pull it up, take a picture, and throw it back in the water. I mean, even if somebody weren't going to eat me, them. I wouldn't want them hooking my face and throwing me back. I fish. I I haven't fished in a while, but I used to fish. But I don't think that um. 
I don't think that hurts the fish though, because it is catching them on the right on the. the I think mouth. nobody knows. I don't. I don't. So the fishers say it doesn't hurt the fish. Oh, it doesn't hurt the I fish. I think Peter's a bunch of losers that they need swim. to get a life. They swim don't right. Get a, I don't think that's down true. Don't Peter. They were nice enough to do a little grandfather in your case they said that you can fish as much as you want because you won't catch anything anyway. <laughs> they actually said you have a free license to hunt as well <laughs> they actually oh, no. want you for a spokesman Dave oh, oh, <laughs> <laughs> Dark said David spokesman hey just because you're hunting don't mean you have to kill something <laughs> <laughs> Pulls up a boot and a tire, <laughs> tin can. Let the action out there. And they don't run away. <laughs> Shot himself a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> Got it tied to the roof of the car. <laughs> well, upstate New York is getting ready for the first National Buffalo Wing Festival. Organizers aren't sure how many people will show up for the event the weekend before Labor Day, but they've ordered 20 tons of chicken wings just oh. in case. Nice. Oh. I might check that out. Yeah, yeah I might yep. check that out. The manager of the Anchor Bar, where buffalo chicken wings were invented in 1964, thinks it's going to be great. He says outsiders only know three things about buffalo, the awful winter weather, the four Super Bowl losses, and great wings. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, they've got uh, the waterfalls in that area, Niagara Falls, Mm -hmm. and... uh, and a, and a prison, correctional facility <laughs> there as well. Excellent. Visited my brother-in-law there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you get some wings? Uh, up there, they don't call them the buffalo wings. They call them wings. Wings. <laughs> Leave the buffalo out of up there. Seems I think I have to. You got to have buffalo yeah. wings. They have the wings in the prisons up there? No, not <laughs> We've moved on from the prison. Oh. You were still on the prison thing. They probably do, though. They probably have wings in the prison. A Canadian ah! judge who once <laughs> threw out a female lawyer for showing too much cleavage. We talked about this when that hit the headlines. Again on Wednesday was back at it. She ordered an accused shoplifter out of her courtroom for wearing a belly button revealing top. The judge told the teenager to go and change and then scolded the lawyer for his client's appearance. Newspaper quoted the judge as saying that since the teenager didn't have to stare at her midriff, the court should not have to look at the teenagers. The girl did return to the courtroom in a button-down shirt and was thanked by the judge. She said she doesn't want to see bra straps, cleavage, or belly buttons, or stocking tops in a court of law. Hmm. See, that's dumb. Anyway, to walk in like totally that. Totally yeah. dumb. God, you're a it's, tight ass. It's dumb because you know what you say? They say because people always get dressed up when they go to court. Mm-hmm. And they say, what are you, who are you kidding? You're not fooling anybody. But the judge does look at that. Oh, yeah. And even though, though that you know you're just you're a scumbag and you're just putting that suit on, mm-hmm. they still go, at least he made the effort. He's recognizing my right. authority. And it, 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 believe me, it reflects positively to them. There you have that. That's a prejudging, judging you by the way you look. You put a suit on, suddenly you're a better person? No, but... They t- Mudbone? Yeah, you don't want to... Your personal o- experience? Yeah, yeah, you don't want to overdo it. Because, see, now, you go in there, and you know you bad, and you know you wrong, and then you're trying to impress the judge. They look at that, too, like, you know, who you fooling? So, sometimes you got to kind of go... Uh, you got to respect middle them. Middle I think middle at, ground. Least, yeah. at least a button-down yeah. shirt and some khakis or something. Yeah, button-down shirt and some khakis. You got to play it that you show that you, show, that you respect their authority, because you're playing a freaking game here. Yeah. And you got your freaking life in mm-hmm. your hands, mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you like know, it or not. Yeah, it's funny. You can always tell when 
someone's got a court date because they could be the biggest scumbag. If they're wearing a button-down shirt. Yep. Maybe they iron their jeans, you know, something like that. The biggest. Yeah, yeah. The dark side's got the hair all plastered <laughs> down. <laughs> <laughs> when somebody, around, when somebody around yep. here comes in in a suit, there's only one of two things going on. <laughs> Job interview somewhere else, <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. or court day. Yep. <laughs> maybe, maybe a funeral, but that's <laughs> rare. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a break. More news when we return. This is D Snyder Radio. D Snyder Radio. Snyder Radio. Get used to it. Highest in quality. I kind of like it. Best for you. Radio 104. D. Snyder. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. They dream better. Psycho Dan at the Brickyard Friday night from 10 to midnight. It's going to be, I guess, fresh back from Boston on Friday, huh? Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, do note that we're going to be broadcasting live from Sam Adams Fest at the Sam Adams Brewery in Boston on Thursday and Friday. The last two shows before we go on vacation. Next week we'll be away. It'll be the best of Decent Night Radio. And we'll be gone through Labor Day. Okay? Everybody's got to take vacations sometime. We're, we have to take our vacations in the summer and winter only. No fall or spring vacations in radio for reasons that are not worth talking about. So uh, we'll be up there broadcasting live. Psycho Dan again, Brickyard, Coors Light Night, 10 to midnight. And uh, we'll be talking about our weekends in just a bit. Here's some reactions sent to DSR at Ewing3D.com. And this is what I mean, you know? This is a peep-run server. Clint takes care of business down there. And here was a letter that was sent to admin at Ewing3D.com. God only knows why. But uh, it's DSR at Ewing3D. So it's a little delayed. Regarding that story of the woman that was forced to drink uh, her breast milk. Mm-hmm. Mike from Westfield says, for your information, the woman, the full story is, uh, she offered to feed it to her baby. They told her she couldn't. She was told she had to drink all of it, not just taste it, or she could not board the flight. And finally, the airport security took the baby out of her hands without permission to search the baby's diaper. So I thought that might make you a bit more enraged about the flagrant abuse of power used by airport security. I dare say... Jeez. I think that's much crap. A little much. I'm sure that guy's on the receiving end of a little uh, security action <laughs> right about now himself. Uh, Jay Dotson from Richmond. Yeah, we know how the whole low-slung gene fashion started. We've talked about that at length. It's a jail fashion. And uh, rumor is for easy access. And uh, what we got here is John McBride totally agrees. Not looking over, but argument, dark side. We know how you feel about this. With that store shop owner who uh, has banned girls mm-hmm. who's, uh, and boys whose asses are hanging out of their pants. Says that if he uh, lived in Cincinnati, he'd give the scrolls for all of his business just to avoid seeing those nauseating displays of undergarments while shopping for his dinner. 
And uh, let's see. Fag! <laughs> I knew that was good. Lay. Maybe he just doesn't want to see people's behinds, Dave. L-E-I-G-H says uh, that... Um, Lee. Every time we t- L-E-I-G-H is it Lee? Lee. Okay. I always get that confused. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lay, Lee. Well, I guess it's a big difference. Hey, you, uh, look at how violent you get about your name. I was... Okay. I said there's a big difference. Okay. <laughs> Lee. Okay. Uh, she points out every time we talk about rock stars who have passed away recently, we forget Dee Dee Ramone. She's a big Ramones fan. And uh, she's, you know, thinks that we have less sympathy because his death is drug related. I think they're all drug related, just about. Ant Whistle looks like it's drug related with a heart condition. Robin Crosby. Uh, intravenous from rat drug use caused brought on HIV. Dee Dee Ramone. I mean, it's been a, a so it's not it's not a slap in Dee Dee's face by any means. I was a Ramones fan. I like Ramones. And just Dark Side for the record, Crash Test Dummy agrees with you more often than not. Dark Side mm-hmm. says continue to fight the oppression of our our freedom of speech and expression. That's right, fighting the man. Fight the man. There you go, <laughs> Beth. What else is going on in the news? Triple X retained its top spot at the box office this weekend, bringing in $23 million bucks. Wow. Mm-hmm. Do you guys see it finally? I've seen it. Oh, I still haven't gotten to see mm. it. Uh, number it's, two. Um, it's going to be, it's huge. He's getting $20 million for the next one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Number two. this guy for some time. Was Signs, $19 million. Pretty good for that one. That's done well. Blue Crush was third with $15.2 million. Spy Kids 2 was fourth, followed by Austin Powers in Goldmember at number five. Adventures of Pluto Nash, 10th place, $2.15 million for Eddie Murphy. That's his, I believe that's his biggest bomb ever. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. That's that's tough. That one had to hurt just watching, waiting for that to drop. Oh, yeah. Like, pushing it back, he'd probably sit there going, oh, my God. <laughs> and, you know, 2.15 is basically just the people whose shows were sold out, settled for years. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know? spillover. Exactly. Yeah. My kids saw Blue Crush. My, my oh, yeah. nephew, yeah, and uh, they thought it was great. What is they that? They liked it. It's a surfing, it's a surfing movie. movie. Oh, that's Chick's a surfing, surfing movie. movie. Yeah. It's got a lot of really be, good reviews, really actually. Really great, really fabulous cinematography. Yeah. Mm. And they thought it was really good. Good. So, for what it's worth. I didn't see it. Well, the latest rumor swirling around out there says that Billy Bob Thornton will get married again to his, try to keep up, fourth wife. Wow. Pietra, who is the mother of a couple of his kids. So, she was his wife right before Angelina Jolie. She has just filed for divorce from her current husband. And, of course, Billy Bob is in the middle of his divorce as well. We'll see if that plays <laughs> out. Pietra, don't do it. This would be don't. his sixth wedding, but only five different wives. Isn't she the one who had filed some sort of assault charges against him? I, I, it's, it's hard to remember. I know. It's tough to keep up you with know. this guy. But uh, hey, you know what? I mean, you could people can do that. People can realize that they made a mistake and mm-hmm. go back. I mean, the mother of his kids and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Billy, just whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like Lizzie Grubman is taking a plea. She'll be heading to jail, according yeah. to New York papers. All right. 
Lizzie will spend 90 days in a dorm-style prison on oh. Long Island after she Hardly pleads enough. guilty on Friday. Of course, you might remember her as the New York publicist accused of backing her father's SUV into 16 people at a bar in the Hamptons last summer. What a bitch and a phony one at that. 90 days. That's in a dorm-style prison. 30 for good behavior, but she won't pull that off. She won't be good, be well-behaved because they're going to ride She'll her like snooty. crazy. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's not even real prison. And what about, uh, like, any type of, um, I don't know, like well, we'll community see. service I'm sure or that there'll fines? be something else attached to it, but that'll all take place there's, on Friday. There's got to be lawsuits involved, right, with people oh, suing her for sure. money. Yeah. yeah. They should make, now that she's been found guilty, yeah, now they should they should make her work the door of that club. Wearing a Kevlar suit. <laughs> Elizabeth Hurley did film a scene for Austin Powers and Goldmember, but it got cut. Here she describes what took place in that deleted scene. It was a very charming scene, and they did shoot about five of them, and I guess, very sadly, mine wasn't the one chosen. As it happens, I was six and a half months pregnant when I shot it, so it may well have been a blessing in disguise, because <laughs> I was obviously I wasn't meant to be pregnant enough. You never know, maybe I'd be disappointed if that were Vanessa Kensington's last outing. Um, it was at the very, very end, and I appeared again. Burt Bacharach played What the World Needs Now is Love, and we had a little dance on the carpet, and ran into the sunset. But I, it could well have been Nelly the Elephant running into the sunset, so, um, who knows? She has oh. a movie coming out this Friday <laughs> with uh, Matthew Perry called Serving Sarah. They also cut out Heather Graham. Yes. They, they filmed a scene with both of them, so I don't know. They decided not to use them in the movie. Mm. Maybe it was that she was the size of a house. <laughs> this is not working. <laughs> so one hand under her, under her gut, she's holding it up. She said she put on a lot of weight, too. She looks great right now. She, oh, she does, but she said she gained like 50-something pounds, which Oof. is a lot. That is a lot. Yeah, she really, really blimped up. Well, but, didn't but, uh, take her long to get rid of it. I think the movie that is coming out on Friday at least looks really funny from the scenes with Matthew Perry. It looks cute. It does. And What's it's it got right? that Cedric the Entertainer, and he's always really funny. Yeah, yeah that's my man. At least a rental, definitely. I Plus think. you can see your underwear. Oh. Is that right, Darcy? <laughs> <laughs> How do you know that? I saw the previews yeah, on TV. Yeah, previews. Yeah. Her oh, pants are like getting ripped off. It's pretty cool. Cool. <laughs> pause, pause. <laughs> well, apparently it won't be called NYPD Blue 2069, but it appears the rumors are true and that Stephen Bochco is hatching a future cop show. Bochco, whose other credits include Hill Street Blues and Doogie Howser, has signed a deal with Fox for a show centered around law enforcement set in New York in the year 2069. The as-yet-untitled show would hit the air in the fall of 2003 and will reportedly follow a cop from the present day who finds himself on the beat in the future. I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it sounds quite a bit like uh, Minority Report. Mm. You know, the whole future cop thing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. <laughs> and, well, Tom, then you can tune in and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Mariah Carey's new boss at her new record label is saying she shouldn't wear such revealing clothing. Island Def Jam <laughs> president Liar Cohen <laughs> wants her to concentrate on the music instead. Mariah's as-yet-untitled new album will be released in December. According to reports, Cohen told her, if you have a magnificent voice and you write such compelling songs, why are you dressing like that? Bravo. Ooh. I think that's a really uh, 
questionable thing for a boss to say that. to an employee, but uh, but I don't you know. Think maybe. It means he's boning her. <laughs> oh, because he doesn't is, want her to show it off. Is, is that exactly, <laughs> exactly? No, but she. Well, I mean, somebody. Look, we like to see it and stuff like that. But the truth of the matter is that she's going through some stuff after she broke up with Tommy Matola. Because mm -hmm. all of a sudden it was like she was, you know, liberated and she started like you know hanging out all over the place. And she got kind of big though for a while there. It wasn't always that flattering, Dark Side. You thought? It always no, I, there was definitely a moment in time where she did pig out a little bit, but I mean, she's, you know... <laughs> she, she gained like 15 pounds. She's still pretty hot, man. Yes. Yeah, no, I remember you seeing her on like the rag. She was the fat lady at the circus. No, I saw her on the, on no. the cover of some of the rags and, and, and they, you know, like the sun and, and mm -hmm. the inquire and stuff like that. And I mean, she did pork up a bit, but I'm, I'm sure by now she's She's worked it off, you know, I glitter think, and everything like that. I just think she comes across like a bitch. And Who that's cares, why. Dude. Oh, that's she's not in a miniskirt. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that attractive. She's not oh. going for you, Dave. You've never bought even one of her records. Don't need to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't care about the music. All he wants to know about her is right there in those photographs. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's almost over for Win Ben Stein's Money. Comedy Central says they're pulling the plug on the long-running quiz show after next season. <laughs> Spokesperson says since 1996, Win Ben Stein's Money has played a large role in the success of their network, but the final season will begin airing on October 28th. I like that show. I think it's pretty good. Never watched it. Dark Side, you a watcher? Watched it once and it got uh, awful. Awful show. Oh, really? I like oh, it was it. terrible. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Darkie. Ben Stein's pretty funny, like movie wise, you know, his Ferris Bueller role mm -hmm. type of thing, but that was Anyone? such a lame show. Anyone? Yeah, I've seen it one time before, too. I didn't like it. No, it was it's lame. Kind of silly. Psycho Dan? I liked it. I thought it was pretty cool. You would. Hey, it was pretty funny. And there was a hot chick on there, Dave. She was like the co host. Yeah, later yeah, on they yeah, brought yeah, in yeah, a woman after the Jimmy woman. Kimmel. Yeah, yeah they used, to, see, used to have Jimmy Kimmel on there, but then they brought in a, a pretty attractive woman. I missed that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should do win Psycho Dan's money. Well, the payout <laughs> is not going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's Lang, that. Lang. <laughs> Lang, In my pocket, $2.37. <laughs> it could be yours. That's on a good day. <laughs> well, finally, what's Rosie O'Donnell doing now that her show is wrapped? Well, the latest... She uh, will bring. She's oh. <laughs> <laughs> confirming that she'll produce Boy George's hit London musical Taboo on Broadway next spring. She caught the she show is. when she was in London, then came back home. Just a little piece from the show. <laughs> Uh, she wrote Boy a note congratulating him, and she wound up going back to London where she met up with him and worked out a deal. She mm -hmm. said that she has 75% of the backing, and the British producer will have 25%. So she's hoping that it does well, obviously. She is so out of the closet. <laughs> it is out of control. Have you seen the new haircut? No, I have It's haven't. a man do. Oh, it's a no. man cut. Really? Oh. Oh, is oh it a mullet God. or just total man cut? No, it's like almost like around the ears now. Oh, it's a total really? man cut. Where did you on see the it? Side. <laughs> She's she was uh, 
presenting. What was she just presenting the awards to? She was doing something. Queen of Nice. Uh, I forgot what it was. Oh, oh, Tony the Tiger oh. just turned a hundred or something. All these celebrities <laughs> were there, <laughs> and she was presenting it. And she's like, "Yeah, Tony, come on over here." <laughs> the voice. And, oh wow. She looked like she gained quite a bit of weight too since her show wrapped. Up. Ankles. She's got no ankles. It's like the calf merged with the foot. Cut out the middleman. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Hey, you know, God bless her, but the queen of nice thing, that is long gone. Oh, yeah, it's over. Yeah, yeah, she's the queen of dykes now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. King of <laughs> Baseball, Seattle over the Yankees, 5-2. to two. Minnesota, 6-2 over the Red Sox. It was Detroit over the Orioles, 7-4. to four. Dodgers beat the Mets, 2-1. Colorado over the Braves, 6-3. Nobody won yesterday. NFL preseason, Redskins, 35-34 over the Steelers. Underdog, Rich Beam, great win at the PGA Championship yesterday. Finished one shot better than Tiger Woods. Chris Riley was third, and Fred Funk and Justin Leonard tied for fourth. Pepsi 400 at Michigan International Speedway. Dale Jarrett took first, followed by Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, Jeff Burton, and Mark Martin. I saw little pieces on that. That was cool because he spun out early, went off the track, came back at the back of the pack, and wound up going to win on the... 11th anniversary of his last victory there. Right I watched on the, same the golf. Day. I didn't Pretty see cool. the racing. Golf. It was good. Uh, this guy, you, you, would golf on this, TV? you would have loved this story, oh. D. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it, too. The guy, seven years ago, was selling, boring, what, boring. stereos or auto parts for $7 No, no, cell hour? phones. Yeah, he was cell a phone. salesman. And, uh, and he boring. won. It was great. It was great to watch him. Rick Beam or something like Rich that. Rich Beam, yeah. Rich Beam. Rich Beam. All right. Boring. Taking a break. Going to come back. And it's time to catch up with each other on our, on our weekends and what we've di been doing. I know that Darkseid had his appearance at the Wolcott Country Fair. Curious about that. <laughs> Got beat up by a girl. Yeah. <laughs> Uh-oh. And uh, I had an interesting, uh, because uh, Jesse and Patty, my son and his, well, girlfriend of two and a half years, asked... Her parents and us out to, took us out to dinner. Ooh. And uh, that was, yeah, I'll uh, tell you what happened when we return with more D. Snyder Radio. Stick around. D. Snyder Radio. WMRQ Waterbury Hartford Radio 104. has slightly different rules. There are a lot of wrongs there. Get used to it. On Radio 104. Now back to D. Snyder Radio. D. Snyder. show. Rob Dibble from ESPN Radio's Dan Patrick Show, our sports authority. We'll be calling in and talk with him. Our phone number for your information is 866-550-4D. Memorize it. It's toll free. It's there for you. And don't forget, tomorrow is Hypothetically Tuesday. If you want a chance at a D-Signer Radio prize pack, 
come up with a creative what-if situation to pose to the show. Send it to dsr at yoink3d.com. And if we use it, you get the prize pack. Simple as that. Now, I wish... Here's someone who sent a letter to yoink3d.com. And they say that they, um, they're from Maryland. The guy's name is uh, calls himself Detour Dave Traffic Slave from La Plata, Maryland. But he commutes to Richmond. Hears us for an hour, but he didn't say what hour. You know, I usually like to recognize people's letters when they're listening. So they hear and say, hey... He's not full of crap. He does read my letters. And he's an, he's an agreer, although he's a conservative guy. And he wouldn't like to see some neighbor with lawn furniture, with, with living furniture on their lawn, or sit next to a heckler, mother effing the person's you know family members at a, at a ballpark. He backs Darkside Dave's play and just says the government should not be involved in these decisions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, here's someone uh, who doesn't back your play, Dark Side. Um, Vlad Dracul. <laughs> that's as in uh, Vlad the Impaler. Okay, we gotcha. Dark. Dark Side Dave, do you kiss your mother with that mouth? Ooh. Best thing Dave can do is keep his trap shut whenever he feels the urge to give an opinion. It is a free country, but he should exercise his right to remain silent I'm and let more informed people on the show talk. Dark. I don't know how you guys put up with his crap. He is good for a laugh at how ignorant he is. Yeah, right. Loser. Oh. <laughs> You're the loser, Dave. <laughs> I know you are. What am I? <laughs> I'm rubbing your glue. Whatever I say about stuff means sticks to you. <laughs> so, Beth, uh, you went and enjoyed a little tennis this weekend? Yeah. Saturday, went to the Pilot Pen, which is a tournament for the women. It takes place here in Connecticut every year. And it was qualif- one of the qualifying days. But it was still some really great tennis. And you get to sit right up close, you know, 10, 15 feet from the player. So... You get to see really how hard they hit, and it was great. We had a good time. I wish it hadn't been so incredibly mm. hot, but mm. you know, there's no shade. But I was wearing my big giant hat, so I was protected. And uh, people behind her <laughs> hating her. I think some mm. of the players complained, <laughs> 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 causing I'm shadows just... on the court. <laughs> <laughs> it was a blind spot <laughs> from that damn hat. <laughs> Uh, did you see one of the Williams sisters play? No, no. They obviously didn't have to play in the qualifying rounds, but Venus is playing there. I think she's two-time defending uh, champion at that tournament. So they get a lot of good women because it's really close to New York in the week leading up to the U.S. Open. So it's, it's really nice player? to go. No. Damn. No, but uh, Hantukova is. Isn't she the latest sex symbol, right? Yeah. Uh, Dementiova Hantikova, I think her name is. Something no. like that. It's not? <laughs> no, the, you're thinking of two different players. Oh, one's well, Dementieva one, yeah. and one's Hantikova. Okay, that's right. Yeah. I should have known you were there, Beth. I, I heard on the news that there was a brief eclipse of the sun <laughs> <laughs> at <laughs> one point, and that was your hat blocking. <laughs> uh, so that was good. And then Friday night, I went to the movies. I finally got around to seeing, and a listener had sent me an email about it, uh, my Big Fat Greek Wedding, which is one of these movies that took about $5 million to make and has already made something like $60 million. It's been out for most I've, of the summer. How was it? Because I'm it hearing amazing so, things about it. so fun. Just really a neat story and some really funny, funny moments. The lead male in the movie, I didn't watch the show, but uh, I know a lot of people did, was the DJ on Northern Exposure. 
Did anybody oh, yeah, watch I remember that him. Show? Yeah. Yeah. So okay. He was really I've good. And it was just really, really funny. I think you'd enjoy it. And I think anybody who ever had a situation where you married into a very different type of family would get a big kick out of it. I, I didn't, but I know a lot of people can relate to that situation. It was Dark really side. cute. Yeah, you're sending a boring message, but uh, actually, you know, most movies, most of these summer blockbusters, he says, you know, with the quotation marks, drop more than fifty percent revenues the first week out. Okay, that's they drop because they open really mm-hmm. wide and then they fall off hugely. This movie has increased viewership by twenty percent every week. It was six. I'm very this wary week. about people that say, "Oh, it's a very fun movie." I mean, well, you don't have to have guns and people getting killed every other frame for it to be good, Dave. Well, maybe not for it's, you. It's really maybe. funny. Yeah, and it has, it's grossed over $60 million. Yeah. So it's getting bigger and bigger. It actually returned to the theater where we are. And uh, it's, it's turning into a, a blockbuster. If you're looking for one on a day where you don't have anything in mind, I, it's definitely worth it. I thought it was really cute. I'm going to go see it. Yeah, I, I think you'll like that's it. Built, that's <laughs> crazy legs. Crazy legs. So Dark Side Dark Dave. Dark Side Dave, one of these people who, who thinks others shouldn't pass judgment. seven bucks out of your wallet and wipe your butt with it. That's how, cool. how, how do you know? You've never seen it. I saw the ads for it on TV. It was awful looking. They say it's really funny, man. Are there really stars in it? The fact that it survived like this and it's making that kind of money says that more people than the Beth types are going to see it. A it's lot not more. like a it's not like an art All house. Right, film I'll or hold my like tongue until it comes out on video. No big I, stars. You know what? I'll make a prediction. Mm-mm. I'll make a prediction. I haven't even seen it. Just judging, not by what you said, Beth, by reviews, the numbers, how it's building, just by people talking. Because it wasn't some big ad campaign. No. Well, maybe now because they're trying to. They they realize they've got a hit. That you will have some sound bites from that movie a year from now when it's out on video. All right, I'll check it out when it's on video. You got to be honest. If you hear something, you say you were right. There's some pretty funny, funny lines in there. I had to grab some. Okay, okay. but Good I bet you. Be, no, I'll be honest. I'm very, you know. Okay, I'll be oh, honest. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Dark, Dark Side Dave. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, uh, let's see, Twisted, uh, who's this, Steve, the Twisted Pete from Watertown, was at the Wilkett Country Fair, said it was amazing. He and his girlfriend, Amy, hung out with you like almost a whole night, and uh, he, he was awesome in the ring. He should have <laughs> knocked out that bitch when she slapped him in the face. <laughs> she yeah, slapped you, I got bitch side. slapped, man. I was so oh, pissed. What happened, I thought you weren't going to get in the ring. Well, the thing was, um, you know, the guy was like, well... The coordinator of it was like, well, last year, Nick was like kind of like the ring announcer for part of it. But, mm-hmm. you know, he played the bad guy ring announcer. But that's because he played an a-hole on, on, on the show, on the radio show. He's yeah, like, not like uh, you. He's, yeah, exactly. He was like, well, we don't really see you in that in that category. You know what I'm Have saying? You know, lately? these people are kind of like your kind of people and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really, you know, think that I got too many enemies in the crowd here. So uh, he's like, well, we'll put you up with Nick Steele. He's like a good guy wrestler. Okay. He's uh, the interstate champion. He's like, you could be his manager, like a guest manager type of thing. You go out there and, and basically do whatever you want to do type of thing. You know what I'm saying? Be like cheer for him and Seems stuff. Seems safe. Yeah. That's what I thought. <laughs> so he's fighting this other dude, and the other dude's got a chick for a manager. Looks so she's a, she's a good-looking woman. Yeah. So uh, we're standing there. And, uh, you know, we go out there, we do our thing, you know, I'm like on the side, I'm cheering for him and everything, trying to get the crowd going and Were stuff like that. No, well, I was heckling a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so, um, he gets tossed out of the ring. My, my wrestler gets tossed out of the ring. 
So, literally? thrown out of the ring? Like, yeah. Like, the, the other wrestler, like, threw him out of the ring and Over stuff. Over the ropes. Yeah. Okay. So, I Is go... Is a good crowd there? Is a good crowd? Oh, yeah. The place was freaking right. packed. And people reacting good to you? They know who you are, Dark Side? Yeah. That's yeah. Good. I mean, good. you know. So, it was a good... It was a really, you know, good reaction and stuff. So, I went around to the other side of the ring where he was laying on the ground. And I'm trying to, like, you know, help him up and stuff like that. I'm like, come on, dude, come on, dude, you can do it, you can get up and stuff like that. And the other dude's manager, she comes over and she starts, like, kicking the guy. And I'm like, what That's are you, right. I'm like yelling at her. I'm like, back off, bitch, what are you doing? I'm like yelling at her and stuff. <laughs> and uh, she keeps kicking him and I'm trying to grab him and, and like, help him up and was everything. Was she really kicking him or fake kicking No, she was kicking him. Oh, wow. Yeah, oh, it really? was pretty rough. It was pretty rough, you know. And, and it, you know, you all do? those times, I'm yeah. trying to help the dude up and all these. He was crying between tears. <laughs> yeah. All these times where I'm saying wrestling's so phony, wrestling's so fake and everything like that. Well, I'm trying to help the dude up and she's, like, yelling at me and I start yelling at her. And next thing I know... She slaps me right <laughs> open across, handed? open hand, oh, yes. right across the face, <laughs> yeah. oh, right good. across the face, and I froze for a second there. And people oh, were watching. And the crowd go, the crowd is, yeah, everybody's like, whoa, you know, like going nuts and stuff like that. And I'm sitting there, I didn't know what to do. I'm like, knock it to reg No, but I'm damn near close. It hurt, dude. I was like, I, I stopped for a second there, and I looked up, and I was like. That freaking bitch just slapped me, you know? I'm like, and my first reaction after getting hit, I'm like, oh, come on, you punk bitch. You know what I'm saying? But I didn't want, you know, I didn't want to be like, oh, you know, abusing the we women. Get all axle on her ass. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I helped the dude up and I started walking away and I had to think of something quick, you know, because like my dignity was online. So uh -huh. I'm like, uh, you hit like a woman. And it was like... Okay, that <laughs> just like laid there, crickets. but inside inside my mind, I'm Suddenly, like the, the cricket chirping sound. Oh, totally, like man! And inside my mind, like you know, on the outside, I'm trying to act all tough, and inside my mind, I'm like you know, screaming in pain. I'm like, damn, this bitch is him. Like you know, it's real wrestling's real. You know, it freaking hurt, dude. It's full on slapped me, and it was like, oh my god, I was so yes. A handprint oh. on the side of my face. I, what did she it do? Came out of left field. Nothing. Yeah, but oh, she, she wasn't there, right? No, wow. she wasn't there. No, she had to work, so I was there, like, solo. I'm like, it just came out of left field, and I'm like, I could not believe I just got slapped. And so I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is, because they didn't tell me this was going to no happen. No kidding. If she was there, she would have talked her into submission. Oh, no. If she, if she was there, she would have came out and gave oh, me a yeah. red mark on the other side of the face. That's when you were supposed to pick up the phony chair, Dark Side, and hit it in the There was no phony chairs, man. Good thing you didn't pick up a chair oh. and think it was phony. Yeah, and then she, start, and then, then she starts walking away, and I'm, like, walking back to, to my section of the ring on the other side. And I'm just like, you know, I'm, I'm sure everything else after that was just a blur because I was... I got slapped Did in the face. Did you talk to her later? And yeah, afterwards I went, I, you know, in the back area. Did you say, what the heck? I was like, uh, I was like yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, cool. pretty nice right hook you got there. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we practice it every once in a while. I said, you didn't yeah. practice yeah, it. I know. You say, I don't. I said, what are you, my mom? <laughs> <laughs> I ain't been slapped like that since I, I was like 10 years old, man. What's the deal? But I don't no, think we I should mean, send anybody down there anymore. I, I, they, they asked me to go back for next year and stuff. The people down there, Rich, uh, this, guy, no this guy Rick that was down there, uh, part of the Lions well, now Club watch it. He'll be a big inflatable up. helmet on and everything. <laughs> oh, next time I'm going back. Mouth guard. Yeah, next time I'm going back armed. I'm going to wear like Kevlar <laughs> and stuff. But I gotta say, got I gotta a red say, man uh, suit on. Yeah. <laughs> Rick, uh, part of the Lions Club down there, totally hooked me up. You know, he was very cool with me. And the Woolkett Police Department, very cool guys down there. Good. One of them is a Lance Armstrong fan. And 
kind of had a few hmm. words to say to me, but the rest of them, very, even him, very cool. I just want to say thank you to everybody down there. It's a good time. All right. We got to take a break. Come back with more weddings. Like I said, uh, Jesse and Patty, my son's girlfriend, they asked Suzette and I and her parents to go out to dinner with You realize them. you just said more weddings instead of more weekends. Did I say weddings? Mm -hmm. Okay, that actually, because I was just, it's actually probably part that, but I'm not giving, no. Not, okay. But I actually got a message from somebody about my big fat Greek oh, wedding. okay. Spudfish okay. says she agrees with Beth. Thank it was you. so funny. I hope she we'll gave it many spudfish. Yeah, many spudfish. It's D Snyder Radio. D This week, the last days before we break for vacation through uh, Labor Day will be gone. We're going to be broadcasting live from Sam Adams Fest at the Sam Adams Brewery in Boston. It's an uh, invitation-only event, not open to the general public. I guess contest winners from all over the country attend this concert event or something like that. Is that the deal? Supposedly, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. yeah that's it. And uh, radio stations from all over the country are there. I've never done one of these things before, but there's supposed to be all these celebrities and what have you uh, in attendance. I think I'm at least top three or four <laughs> <laughs> looking at the list. So uh, they're right about that. Of course, I thought I was going to be interviewing them, not supplying. So, uh, but it should be interesting anyway. We're going to have a good time. We've never done anything like this be that before on this show. So we'll be broadcasting from that, that event. Um, I got nothing I got to tell you about right here. So I'm just checking all my notes, making sure I've addressed all possible situations. And, and I don't know if, they, again, you know, people don't write the time that they listen sometimes. So I don't know when they're listening. Someone keeps writing in Kathy. She wants to know how Suzette's eye surgery went, the LASIK. Very successful. I thought that, uh, you know, very successful, very happy, doesn't, you know, she can read price tags and read labels, and this is important to her. She, she draws, she's an artist, you know, a uh, designer, and she couldn't see. Even with her regular glasses on, it just wasn't helping her anymore because she had a really bad eye problem, and it solved that problem. It's amazing. So uh, it's, it's just, uh, you hear these things about LASIK surgery, and, mm. you know, and, and they're, they're true. And there's been no side effects. Uh, she actually has, I mean, up to be complete, totally honest, there is like a minor one. And that is because she, uh, she had, her distant vision was good, was, was decent. Mm -hmm. um, but she, because she'd overcompensated with her muscles to, to achieve that vision, it was the only thing she could see. When her vision up close improved, her muscle memory still when she looks long distance, still snaps into a very, like, aggressive sort of focusing. 
because that's how she's been doing it for her entire life. And it takes a while. So she lost some distance viewing. You see that she's able to see so perfectly distant, but they said that hopefully, as the months, because it's been about four months now, uh, we're on the muscles will relax and start to realize they don't have to work that hard in order to see. You follow that at all? Does it make any sense at all to anybody? Yeah. Well, if I well, that's so. Um, so, but. You know, she says that she's still waiting for that to come back a little more. Uh, but as far as but the main thing was was seeing up close. So, Kathy, if you're listening, yeah, it was amazing. It was great. And um, she's uh, very glad that she did it. Uh, so, yeah, so check it out. Jesse, my son Jesse, he will be 20 in September. He's been dating this great girl, Patty, for you guys have all met her. She's really yeah, sweet. a few times. I guess it's two and a half years now. And they're very serious. You know, they're, they're very much in love and they're very serious. And um, he, about a week ago, he came to my wife and myself and said, Patty and I want to take you guys and her parents, Paul and Sandy, out for dinner. And we're like, okay. <laughs> and uh, we agreed to go and of course why wouldn't we you know and we actually met Paul and Sandy before and uh, they're really lovely people and as I said to them uh, anybody who has a daughter this great you know must be pretty whole right you know your, your children I think are, are a reflection on you of course unless they're completely bad and losers like dark side <laughs> and then sometimes and, uh, there's just a bad scene Mr. and Mrs. Wallace no you're, oh, you're, 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 you're so, uh, seriously you're a great guy dark side and your parents did a good job <laughs> yeah. did a good job seriously you straightened out alright I think it does reflect I think it it does. Ref- I think it does. You know, yeah, parents I clean uh, up well. Yeah, you clean up well. I don't know about that part. As far as the person you are, the person you are, you're a damn decent guy. Thanks. Okay, yeah, damn decent guy. Um, so the first thing that came to my mind is like, I don't remember ever doing this with Suzette's parents. Has anybody prior to being married? had gone out, got together with the parents? I think you did, Beth. Yeah, we had Glenn's parents. For a barbecue, but I think we were in, I think we were engaged already at that point. Yeah, I think you were engaged. Yeah, so not prior to being engaged. Do we have? Well, they live a couple hours away, so it was tougher to organize it all. But no, we didn't. Yeah, I think after the wedding, Suzette's my parents and Suzette's mom had you know dinner with us on a few occasions. Uh, her parents were divorced, um, so not the dad. But anyway, but it's it just. Uh, it never happened, but again, you know, just because it never happens. But so we're saying, is there going to be some, like, you know, announcement or something? They got something to tell it us? It seems that, like it would I mean, be. that would, would that would come to your mind? And it, I mean, that's would come to... So we went, went out for dinner on Saturday night, and um, there, there was no announcement. They didn't have anything to tell us. Hmm. I think that and I mean I know Jesse's listening right now and so is uh, Sandy Patty's mom I think uh, you know we've both couple of parents have taken the kids out them out on many occasions I think they want to return the favor and they also wanted to you know get us together or whatever sort of meet in a less formal I think we met at graduations and a couple of things like that and and a more relaxed environment and thought we would enjoy each other's company we did we had a a really nice night but we cast the whole dinner though I'm kind of sitting there going (laughs) 
Okay. Uh, we just had the entrees. <laughs> I mean, and, and not, you know, when they're ready or not ready or whatever's that's their choice. And I don't feel disappointed, but it just felt like the whole meal. I kept waiting for, like, something. I mean, it's, 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 it just seems a little weird. And were her parents thinking the same thing? I didn't, we never got. A, we were never left alone because that's the first thing I would have asked them. <laughs> so what's going on here? You know, I mean, I, I, I got to assume that. I mean, it's just a, right. That'd be your natural thought when they say we want you to get together with her parents and have dinner. Well, at least that there'd be some some kind of revelation. Yeah. Yeah. And again, not that there had to be. I didn't feel disappointed there wasn't. But the whole dinner time, I'm sitting there like going. This is, you know, any minute now, okay, here comes, here comes the coffee, I guess they're going to sell us something. <laughs> but they didn't, and, and we, had a, we had a great time, and, you know, and like I said, they were nice people, and, uh, you know, I, I would definitely do it again. Before, it's pretty funny, because Patty's parents have been together about the same amount of time since I have been together. So, you know, successful marriage, and, you know, good example for the kids, and what have you. And, but each couple has different, different members of the of the couple have different roles okay and in we both had the same conversation and was Suzette in my family Suzette was the one who said it and her in their family it was Paul said it said we're not going to let these kids pay for dinner are we <laughs> and then you know and my reaction was Suzette said it was said so I said well isn't that the whole purpose of the thing i mean i'm not cheap or anything but if i was asking my parents out for dinner it's sort of an adult move you know what I mean? And I, I would not ask them if I had no money in my pocket, and I wouldn't ask them expect them to pay. I'm asking you as a young adult <laughs> out for dinner. So I said, so I don't, I don't want to insult them by saying, I'll take a kid. You know what I mean? Because I right. could do that easily. And, uh, and Suzette was like, yes, but I said, I think they saved for, to do this. She said, oh, they're savings. Oh, no, they're savings. <laughs> apparently the same exact conversation happened in the other households, you know, like, oh, we can't let them pay for dinner. And, and Sandy was like, well, that's, they want to ask us out. That's their whole thing is they're taking us out. They're adults, you know, they want to take, take us out. So we want, they wound up insisting. They wound up paying, you know, we offered, you know, can we leave the tip? Can we pay for our drinks? But they insisted and paid, and that was, you know, that was it. So, uh, Psycho Dan, uh, he, we write little notes, you know, what happened, and uh, it was like a, a tragedy nearly averted, turned out to be good in the end, though. What happened with your cousin? Yeah, kind of. Uh, there's a lot of pregnancies, like, around my family right now. Uh, my sister-in-law is pregnant, my cousin was pregnant, and my best friend, his girlfriend, is pregnant. So a lot of uh, pregnancies going on right now. And my cousin uh, gave birth last week, like last I Wednesday. you told me that, yeah. Yeah, she gave birth to a little baby boy. Now, the baby was born with these little little baby scabs on them, like really, really tiny, like smaller than a pea, and there were, you know, just a few of them, and the doctors had no idea what it was, and they asked a uh, dermatologist, That's good. Yeah, they asked a dermatologist to look at the baby, and the dermatologist said, I don't specialize in, you know, like infant, you know, dermatology, I, it's not my area, Which I don't know what you say it. when you have no idea what it is, yeah. <laughs> it's not so, my specialty. So, I mean, this this has a happy ending, but it was an awful time at first because what happened was the hospital doctor hypothesized what he thought it was, which was a rare blood disease. Oh, no. Thought that the baby... Oh, your cousin must have been free. Oh, yeah. Oh, thought that the I baby... I know how I felt. Yeah, oh, thought the baby was going to have liver failure fa fairly soon, and they told her 
to call in a priest for last no. rites. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. So we get this phone call. I'm supposed to have dinner with Molly on Friday night. We get this phone call Friday night from my aunt my grandmother saying, you know, a priest has been called. You should get down to the hospital. We get down to the hospital, walk in. The priest is doing this, oh some God. ceremony, and spraying holy water. No. And my mom and my sister and me are just like, Oh my God, like, this is the first time that I've even seen the baby. The priest gets done, walks out of the room, and my cousin and my grandmother are just kind of like chit-chatting, and my mom's like, what the F is going on? Like, aren't you guys you know, concerned? And my cousin was like, oh, the, ne- the, the test came back negative. Thank God, all the tests came back negative. Uh, a dermatologist who did specialize with infants came by the room, looked at him, said, you know, we'll probably have to take some samples. Uh, turned out he came back and said, we don't have to take any samples. The baby's okay. What was it? They don't really know still. They, they didn't, you know, it wasn't anything serious. They, they said that they did want to do a urine Like baby urine psoriasis test. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I have no idea. But the, the, the dermatologist looked him over and said, you know, he looks fine. He said, he said this happens every now and then. But he said, you know, the scabs have, have had fallen off since. Oh, and my gosh. He looked fine. And uh, so it was, yeah, just like a huge scare. So what, since the priest oh, was there, he just threw wow. some holy water no, 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 around? No, no, no. no, no I should, yeah, I should explain Maybe that. The no. holy water um, kind of it's fixed them up and everything. Yeah. No, cured him. No, it, it yeah. turned out that uh, they baptized the Oh, baby. okay, okay. So, right there? Uh, oh. Yeah, right there. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I know, but it was Oh, it was no, really no, no. Scary. That's yeah. also, that's oh, last rites there. Yeah. 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 They, they baptize you so you're not unbaptized before you die. Right. But we thought we were walking into... The, the last. Well, I'm so oh, glad that to was hear close that to that last rites when they b- baptize a baby on yeah. the spot. Yeah, it was. That guy uh, turned out right. Poor cousin. Yeah. Everything Damn. turned out good. There'll be yeah, a huge scare. Huge right. scare. Well, Jeez. we got to take a break. Dark side, by the way, uh, Genghis John, Urban Barbarian. He wrote into DSR at yoink3d.com. Instantaneous results, by the way. And he says, regarding getting bitch slapped, he says, you should have slapped the lummox lock. Honor. <laughs> That's the headlock where you make her smell your armpits until she passes out from the stage. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, we're going to take a break. Come back. Rob Dibble from ESPN Radio's Dan Patrick Show is next. Stick around. D. Snyder Radio. D. Snyder. Radio 104. Marshall Dimes, Bikers for Babies Ride. D Sider Radio and New Rock Radio 104 present it <laughs> on Sunday, September 8th. It's a 40 mile bike run. Yeah. And yours truly is the Grand Marshal. I will be leading over 1,000 motorcyclists on a 40 mile cruise. 
to the southern part of Connecticut, going down by the shore. It's awesome. Starts at the Middletown Elks Lodge, ends at the Westbrook Elks, Elks, Lodge, ah, Elks Lodge. Ride begins at 11 o'clock. Registration the day of the event from 9.30 to 10.45 a.m. at the Middletown Elks Lodge. But if you want to pre-register, so you don't got to worry about that, show up a little later on, Saturday, on Sunday. You can pre-register at Harbor Park on September 7th. That's Saturday. That's on Route 9 in Middletown from 4 to 7 p.m. Hang out with Radio 104 and Mudbone and Psycho Dan. They'll be there. And Psycho Dan has been warned not to tell anybody to have a big tall glass of Shut the F Up Juice. Certainly not that group. <laughs> okay, for more information, go to our website at dsniderradio.com or uh, call 860-290-5540. That's 860-290-5540. And you Richmond bikers, I'll be coming down on October 12th to Grand Marshall, their Bikers for Babies ride for the March of Dimes. More information on that will be coming as we get closer to the date. But if you need info now, Call 804-968-4120. Okay. Lots and lots of response and reactions and thoughts about the profiling conversation, Beth. But I don't want to get into that right now because we've got the man, the myth, the legend, and one hell of a human being. From the Dan Patrick Show, please welcome the nasty boy, Rob Devil. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Doing good man. Before I forget, Dibs, there was some guy in the Sunday Current yesterday who was a collector. Yeah, and they showed him with historical society with his array of wares, including a Rob Dibble action figure. <laughs> <laughs> How cool! Dude, Rob you got an action figure? Yeah, I got an action figure. Come on, does everybody? Blind, blind. <laughs> no, you know what? It, it it doesn't bend too much, and uh, it's, it's one of those starter ones that the kids played with. But it was one of the early versions in the '90s, so pretty well, cool. It's Rob Dibble. He doesn't bend over for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Not all flexy like Psycho Dance. Uh, Psycho Dance is doing splits and stuff. <laughs> Cheers, all kinds of things. Hey, um, I want to talk to you about the Yankees and the Red Sox. Do we have and, to? Uh, we're leading the Red Sox by seven games. Red Sox trail Anaheim by three and a half. Is it over for Boston? No, it's not over for Boston. I mean, the, the wild card race still has a ways to go. and So, I mean, you're only three and a half back. I mean, you, you talk about the Houston Astros made up seven or eight games in a week. Mm. And it's, it's very possible to make up a lot of ground in a, a very short period of time. You just got to get on a roll. I mean, John Burke pitched a great game last night. They lost to the Twins. Uh, Pedro pitched a great game. They lost 5 nothing to the Twins. I mean, the Twins are one of the best teams in baseball, so they held their own against them. I mean, they just need to score some runs. I mean, when your pitching is good, and Burkett had been awful his last six starts, I mean, you need to get the guy some run support. He, he probably stayed in there an inning too long. But the, the Red Sox aren't that bad, and the Yankees are doing what the Yankees do, especially when you, you know, spend about $150 million bucks on a team, you know. You know how it goes. Okay. <laughs> cheap shot. <laughs> cheap shot. Hey, speaking about cheap shots, man, did you, uh, I want to get back to the Yankees, but I heard at Shea Stadium, I mentioned this earlier, when they were losing again, like their 12th loss at home or something like that. 11 fan, straight. 11 straight at home. At home. The fans started chanting, strike, strike, strike. <laughs> <laughs> how brutal is that? Hey, I, I can't believe Bobby Valentine still has a job. Here's a guy that twice... All of his coaches have been fired, and he st he hangs on to his job. Now you know they stink. They're under five hundred. 
They're the worst fielding team in the major leagues. They make errors, you know, like we eat M&Ms. It's unbelievable. <laughs> and and this guy still has a job. He's got to have naked pictures of the owner and the GM together. <laughs> I mean, it's hey, got to be something awful. When you, you know, Piazza, here's an 11th loss, and he broke some record, you know, and it's got to take the joy out of it when your team's losing like that and the fans are booing you and, and you make a record, and it's it's a legitimate record. I forgot what it was. Something he's second in home runs now. Um, okay. Catchers all time, right? Okay, and, yeah. And he's got Carlton Fisk is the next one on the list, but he just he was tied with Johnny Bench, and now he's all by himself in second place. Does that take? I mean, you were out there. Does that take the joy out of it? Absolutely, you know, you, absolutely. Yeah. He'd much rather get an eleven game winning streak instead of getting all these home run records and stuff. But you know, he's a great offensive catcher. He's going to be the best of all time. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. And the problem is, they've got a stale offense over the last couple of years. Last three years, as a matter of fact, they've. Uh, Given up twice as many stolen bases as they've stolen, meaning, you know, at least like even this year it's over a hundred, and they have fifty stolen bases. They only have two guys in double figure. They play American League baseball in the National League. They have no running game. Uh, but the thing is, they're twelfth in home runs in the National League. They're you know almost dead last. They're twelfth in RBIs. They're twelfth in batting average. They they have a stale offense, and with all that that high powered offense you paid for. The, somebody's got to motivate these guys, and that's when I blame the manager. I mean, you can only blame the manager for a few things, and if they're bad fielding, bad base running, and bad offensive, and their pitching is fifth in the National League, Bobby Valentine was an outfielder when he played. Obviously, there's something wrong with the, the management up front. Yeah, all right. Now, I didn't like the way the uh, was the Mariners are manhandling the Yankees. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I know you guys were enjoying it, but I was saying, uh-oh, <laughs> these guys are trouble. Is this who we're going to be up against in the fall? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the Mariners got a little stronger, too. They got Ishmael Valdez from the, t- the Texas Rangers, and uh, they got Ishmael Valdez, a really good right-handed pitcher. He, he's a good guy. You stick him in there be- between uh, – you know, Pinheiro, Freddie Garcia, and Moyer, and you've got a, a good force starter there. And, uh, you know, they've got one of the best bullpens in baseball. So it's, it's going to come down to, you know, the Twins. If the Twins get home field advantage, they have a shot in the playoffs, which uh, could be tough. The Yankees are going to do their Yankee thing, and then you get the Mariners, and then the wild card. So, you know, for, for my money, I mean, it, it's, it's a toss-up. I mean, Anaheim and Oakland, one of those guys isn't going to the playoffs. Um, and, and I'd probably much rather see the Oakland A's because they have the best starting rotation in baseball. I'd, I'd much rather not see the Oakland A's go to the playoffs if you're a Yankee fan. All right, and just so we don't leave out the uh, Richmond listeners and Mudbone, who are big Atlanta <laughs> fans, oh, God. That's, that's, that's a done deal. Oh, done deal. Right, what is Atlanta up right now? 18 and a half yeah, we, uh, we, Montreal. We cruising, we cruising. Yeah, <laughs> and the, the Braves, you talk about great pitching staff, so not only is the rotation awesome, their bullpen is the best bullpen in baseball. They've got, and this might be the first time in like 15 years, the, the whole team has an earned run average under three. And we're talking under under four is amazing in the major leagues at this point in, in history. But under three just shows you Leo Mazzoni and Bobby Cox. They, they, you know, they should get their own parade. These guys have been amazing for a decade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew from Southington, Connecticut's on the phone. Uh, Tibbs, he's got a question for you. Good morning, Andrew. How you doing? Yeah, pretty good. How's it going? Good. You got a question for Dibs? Yeah, I was uh, curious on when you think like the Mets would try to make a move to put Piazza at first. Because Mo Vaughn doesn't seem to be wanting to help the Mets offense. So I was just, just curious on what your thoughts were. Actually, Is that a possibility? Is that a possibility? Yeah, that's not a possibility. Mike Piazza doesn't want to play first. And as long as Piazza doesn't want to play first, 
he's going to keep catching. And, and you know what? He's doing a great job. They're fifth in the National League in pitching. They have a three-and-a-half earned run average, which is amazing for the Mets pitching staff. But he, he handles the pitchers well. I love the way he works behind home plate. You see all the numbers he puts up every year while catching. Mo Vaughn is one of their better offensive guys in the last month. I mean, you, you can't move him. Chris Shambliss became the new hitting coach. And, you know, to, to move Mo at this point would just be the worst thing. You might as well put Very Mo tough Vaughn to move right too. field. Get <laughs> <Yeah. too. laughs> tough to move, too. He's the size yeah, of that he guy. Is tough to move. Yeah. Let's talk about football. Uh, Steve Spurrier from the Washington Redskins, coach, love him. Taking, taking criticism. You love him? Oh, I love him. Yeah. Take criticism for running up the score, though. What do you think about that? Well, first of all, being a Cowboy fan, I, I love it when they, they pound on anybody within the division. But, uh, you know, this guy, he comes out of college. He brings a great attitude to this team. He's got them all thinking that they're not college guys, but he's got a, a swagger going for these guys. And that's what your coach is supposed to do, motivate you. And running up the score is really, in preseason, it's, it's what you have to do because each quarterback – and every second-team guy and, and third-team guy that's trying to make the team has to bust their butt. And he's got these guys playing so hard in the third and fourth quarter. I mean, the starters have been out for two quarters, so by the fourth quarter, you've got the second and third team in there. These are guys that are, are getting a look-see by Spurrier, whether or not they're going to stay on the team. And they came back against a really good uh, Steeler team, which was number one in the NFL in defense last year. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, yeah, kick-ass team. So they came back. And, you know, they beat their butts in the fourth quarter and they win the ball game. So, for, for my money, you know, the Redskins got a great coach. He's a great offensive mind. Forget about that. But, uh, you know, the attitude, he, you know, when he played Mariucci over in Japan, he, he drove Mariucci crazy by running up the score. So, Mariucci says, hey, I'll see you in week six, which means I'm in your head. I'm renting space in your head. And that's, that's what you don't want the other coach to be doing is getting in your head. And so... That's what Spurrier does well. He takes the pressure off his team and puts it all on him. Remember Bill Parcells? Bill Parcells, yes. the yeah, master, sure. at especially going to Super Bowls. All you talked about was Parcells. You didn't talk about the team. And that's great because it takes all the pressure off the team. They can go play. They can function. And uh, love Steve Spurrier. He's going to be great for the NFL. You know, Ultimately, I hate him because I'm in the same division with the Cowboys. But you know, he's great for football. And Darkseid's got to know about the Bucks. <laughs> uh. Hey, they got another great coach. You talk about one of the best coaches in the NFL, John Gruden. That is <laughs> yeah. going to be one. And then you got the Johnson controversy. You got Brad and Rob Johnson fighting it out for quarterback. It's always good to have a competition at the quarterback spot. It's better than uh, over the years when they've had you know a couple of bad quarterbacks. They got a couple of good quarterbacks. And uh, Warren Sapp shaved his head. He's motivated. He's yeah. talking smack <laughs> with Strahan. Uh, they have a very good team, and but you have you have a guy John Gruden gets up at three o'clock every morning, goes to the office by four o'clock in the morning, and works twelve to fifteen hour days every day. He's a workaholic, and uh, not that Tony Dungy was a bad coach, but you know Tony Dungy was a great defensive coach. You're getting a great coach, period, in John Gruden. Dibs, people want to talk to you, which is great. Uh, talking to Rob Dibble from the Dan Patrick Show. Joe from Southington, Connecticut's got a question about if you don't. This is about ESPN coverage. Good morning, Joe. How you doing, man? Good morning, D. How are you today? Good. Good. You got a question for Dibs? Rob, how are you? What's going on? Oh, uh, not bad. Uh, hey, I was just got a question. ESPN is covering a lot of uh, you know logging and things like that. Uh, when are they going to start covering some uh, Major League Lacrosse? <laughs> Logging? Well, they, is it you know what, uh, the outdoor games are huge. It's just like the X Games. The X Games is the highest rated 
show on ESPN. The outdoor games are probably three or four as far as ratings go. There's a lot of people that uh, the athleticism, and it's not just logging. I mean, they do all the wood chopping events. They do a bunch of uh, sawing events. They do, like, the, the barrel rolling stuff where they're, they're on the logs and they're knocking each other off. They do a lot of these outdoor events. I mean, it, it's more for the blue-collar people. The X Games and the outdoor games are for the blue-collar people out there, and, and they've been more well-received than... You know, putting the WNBA on, ESPN now has the NBA. I mean, those, those to me are, are two of the dullest sports that are running. But, uh, you know, you, you look at the outdoor games. Those guys are nuts. And, and I was wrong. It. Holy cow. Even women are amazing athletes. So that's why they show that program. Yeah, but he wants to know if they're going to programming out they, people are going to watch. Yeah, but he wants to know why don't they put lacrosse on? Lacrosse is like soccer in this country. In fact, my son plays lacrosse. It's an amazing sport, one of the most physically demanding sports. It's a violent sport, but I uh, love it. It's like, it's like hockey without skates and you're running around. Um, the, the problem being is that uh, they, they can't show it to this country because they don't understand it. It's like soccer. Soccer is the biggest sport in the, in the world except in this country because they don't understand it. And if they don't understand something in America, you know, D, then they want no part of it. Hey, uh, you know what? We just we got so many phone calls, Tibbs, and people are calling in like crazy here, and uh, and I just pay me more. No kidding. Yeah, I know. I'd be, I'd be remiss. <laughs> Doogie does point this out uh, from Richmond, Virginia. Doogie, I'll ask the question for you. Last thing, uh, the players' strike. Yeah. What do you think? Players' strike. Uh, I don't know. We talked to Bob Dupay on our show on Saturday. I do a baseball show with Carl Ravitch and. Bob Dupay off the air was just talking about they're, they're going to meet today. They're going to meet three times a day until they can settle this thing. And uh, not that they made a whole lot of headway. They didn't talk about the luxury tax situation. But the, the thing is, there was no dialogue when we went on strike in 94. They're, they're talking. They're negotiating. I mean, neither side wants to strike. The strike date was set to get more negotiating going to where it's like, you know, at least 12 to 15 hours a day instead of 10 hours a day. Draw a line, let people know we got to get this thing finished. Yeah. I, I can understand that. Well, and and you know what? The players are running out of, you know, real estate right here. They, there's no bargaining power. They have no leverage. If the season ends, anything can be implemented. The highest right. luxury taxes, you know, which is basically a salary cap, um, then you could you could realign the teams if you wanted to do you could track you could contract as many teams as you wanted to so it would it would really give the owners the the hammer and the players don't want to give the owners the hammer and that's why the strike date was set Rob Dibble thanks so much you can listen to Rob every day on the Dan Patrick show on ESPN radio on a station near you 270,000 <laughs> stations cities <laughs> thanks Rob we'll talk to you man right, the news is next, next stick around Can I just say that you rule the earth? But you can call me D. D. Snyder Radio 104. Now back to D. Snyder. D. Snyder Radio. Psycho Dan will be at the Brickyard this Friday night in downtown Hartford for Coors Light Night from 10 to midnight. 
be hauling his ass back from Boston to Sam Adams Fest. We'll be broadcasting from on Thursday and Friday. And he'll be there to uh, have fun and party in a way that only Psycho Dan can. <laughs> blind, blind. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Player. <laughs> hey, hey, canine. I mean, dog. <laughs> oh, God. Canine. <laughs> K-9. 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 Very hip, very hip. Get your hypotheticals. Oh, by the way, you callers we didn't get to. Uh, if you got questions for Rob Dibble, feel free to send them to DSR at yoink3d.com. We'll save them. And next week, we could even read a couple. You know, a lot of people were calling in. We didn't get to your calls. Yeah. Or you can wait and ask them next week if it's something that's, you know, sort of a general thing, like why doesn't ESPN have uh, lacrosse on there? There was so much going on over the weekend in sports, we just couldn't cover it all. Oh, I know, I know, I know. You got NASCAR, you had the golf. Huge golf, the, yeah. Even the Little League has gotten pretty I know. interesting. Everything's like, going on Harlem at once. team's pretty, uh, pretty impressive. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the controversy that, seems to have gone away over that. That was another one of those, uh, he's not allowed to play, he doesn't live in the neighborhood yeah. kind of deal. So. Yeah, that little Mo Vaughn-looking mother effer <laughs> thing is bowed out of the stands. Yeah. And it's just blasting Calling it out the there. ball, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he's on the roids, though. <laughs> he's yet. on the chips. <laughs> <laughs> that's too many messed chips. up, dude. That's messed up. <laughs> <laughs> uh... You know, profiling, my God. I mean, so many people had so much to say. And, uh, you know, it's such a big topic. Just do know that I've read all of your letters. And, uh, I mean, some people left a few things out there. You know, Kate uh, is making mud out to be a bad guy, just like the cops do. Racial profiling is just effed up and can't be compared to anything else. You are right. I'm not trying to make Mudbone out to be a bad guy. I don't, don't know how you construed that by any means. It is wrong, wrong, wrong. I was just saying we're all doing it. But there's also a huge difference between profiling and racial profiling. You know, profiling is judging a person by the way they dress or the way they appear or act. Racial profiling is going by skin color. You know, and, and those, are two, those are, you know, two very different things. Um... And then somebody wrote in, actually, it was Jay Dirty Sanchez, who speaks quite intelligently. He says, actually, you're kind of talking the difference between prejudging and profiling. You know, what you do when you're walking down the street and you see somebody and you look at them, it's more prejudging. Profiling, almost by definition, is more you know, connected to race and things like that. Um, and across the Crick, Chris says, I... I find myself agreeing with Dean Beth regarding, you know, the way you dress. If you front an image, expect the stereotype that comes with that image. Hell, I was thinking about the fact that I used to go on stage wearing women's clothes <laughs> in these bars, and then someone would call me a fag, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I dive out the crowd getting a fight. Like, and in retrospect. Like, why was I dressing like that? You know, I was expecting people to, I was looking for them, what I wanted them. I was looking for trouble. I wanted them to judge me, and then I wanted to get pissed about it. But still, at the same time, what, what was I thinking? You had a lot of anger back uh, then. A lot of anger. Very, very upset uh, person. Scott, no cool nickname. Make, uh, you you uh, take me to task. Say I have a foot squarely planted in two camps. On the issue of racial profiling, one hand you say unequivocally it's wrong. On the other hand, you said the duty of police officers to monitor discrepancies. Let's just be clear. Not with racial profiling. I was saying profiling. 
which I feel is very different. And yeah, I do have foot firmly planted in two camps because one, I know what's wrong, but two, I'm a realist. You know, it's like I always say to, to the girls who say to me, you know, if guys are studs for having sex with as many chicks as possible, girls should, they don't say it like that. They say, then girls should be considered to be studs too. A girl should be able to have sex with as many guys as she wants. And I say, you are absolutely right. It is a double standard. It is a wrong double standard. And you were right. If a guy's a stud, a girl's a stud. If a guy, a girl's a slut, a guy's a slut. But... A guy doesn't reality. mind being called a slut. <laughs> reality is society views you as a slut, and that's, you, you know, you can take your stand, but just accept reality, because you not, you're not, can't change it just by sitting there and saying it's wrong. You know, and as a matter of fact, Je Jeff Siebert says, sorry to say this, but we'll never get beyond these problems in this country during our lifetime, but we can try. Mm -hmm. You know, we can try by bringing attention to it, making people aware of it, and, uh, Trying to get be a little more realistic about it. With that said, Beth Lockwood, I think it's time to do some news. Headlines. Israel's agreeing to pull its troops out of portions of Gaza and Bethlehem, and as part of the deal, Palestinians have said they'll crack down on Hamas and other militants. But a Hamas spokesman says his group will not stop attacking Israelis and defends the uprising as self defense. Oh, come on, Hamas. <laughs> Can't you get with the program, Hamas? <laughs> come on. Be good people. I Cut know. it out. Quit blowing yourselves up and taking us with you. An experiment on lab mice has gotten Cambridge University scientists into trouble with the British government. Several mice died and others suffered brain damage when they were injected with drugs and then bombarded with pulsing dance music. Yes, they may have gotten in trouble, but Pay attention to the results of their study. Were they given little tiny um, pacifiers <laughs> and little <laughs> bottles of water? <laughs> light sticks. <laughs> a little <laughs> light stick. <laughs> they were raving. <laughs> they were having a hell of a time before they went down, I'll tell yeah. you that. Well, a suspect picked the wrong vehicle to carjack in Los Angeles. It was filled with judo students. <laughs> they subsequently beat the man and then held him until police arrived. Police officials says the suspect had first carjacked another car in the afternoon and then pulled into a gas station and attempted to ditch the first stolen car and take another. But to his dismay, he chose a minivan containing a group of judo wrestlers in town to teach self-defense. Wrestlers told authorities they punched the man in the face and then hit him from behind. <laughs> they then held him in a body hold until officers <laughs> arrived on the scene. Hey, maybe they could teach Dark Side that body hold for future <laughs> use at appearances. <laughs> um, Mud. Yeah. You ever been involved in a carjacking? It's <laughs> um, pretty extreme, a carjacking. Yeah, yeah, it is. Now I've seen it happen before, but I personally never carjacked it's anybody. Funny. But I just want to send a shout out to this player. That got that did that bad move, dog. You gotta check the car before you start trying That's to take right. it. If they're dressed in geese, yeah, move on. Yeah, good call. Good call. The man. black belt. Yeah, see the black belt. Or, Keep on going. Or on the, the flip side. Time. Travel in a gi, yeah. and then maybe you won't be assaulted. <laughs> How about you just don't carjack? How's that? <laughs> well, you know yeah, you got it. Now you're asking a lot, Dan. Yeah, you're asking a lot, really? Dan. Come, come on, on. they going come on now. Be come for back real. to reality. Now you see that when they're carjacking. They got to be profiling the cars, oh, profiling yeah. the people there. Yeah, if they're smart. Obviously, not that guy. 
So you're, you're going to carjack some roll, some low rider with rolled with blacked out windows. No, <laughs> running up there, the window rolls down and a gun. Nina comes out. And yeah. goes, I think you want another car. I think you're right. A Massachusetts farmer. <laughs> Massachusetts farmer is boasting an amazing appearance by the babe. Michael Wiseman has carved. His cornfield into the image of Babe Ruth. The crop portrait of the Bambino will open to the public on Labor Day weekend in Sunderland, Mass. Warner started hacking his cornfields into mazes a few years ago as a way to make some extra money. I'm a nerd. Visitors will be charged <laughs> five bucks to wander around the maze and try to find their way out. Last year, he harvested the field into an image of the Mona Lisa, and the year before that, into the shape of a Massachusetts Minuteman. Stupid. He's going to make some cash. I saw that Mona Lisa. Did you see that guy who did the Elvis head? Yeah, in New York State. Pretty impressive, actually. Looks pretty good. Pretty good, but you only really can tell, like, from up in the air. Right. I mean, what do you see when you're on the ground? Just corn. Yeah. yeah. What is this? Oh, it's the Mona Lisa. Oh, all right. <laughs> I mean, you just got to take his word for it at that point. <laughs> uh, we have a story here out of uh, Romania. News from Romania. It's new feature. I was ready for that. A prisoner okay. over there cut off both of his little toes and then ate them after he heard his girlfriend had married another man. Mm, this is a weird back at it. <laughs> serving a seven-year sentence for stealing cars. The 27-year-old was quoted as saying, I wanted to shock everybody, so I cut my toes with a knife and then ate them raw. I also took a piece of flesh from my thigh, fried it on some burned papers, and ate that too. He also said he'll never mutilate his body again. His girlfriend has left the country. Yeah, I mean, seriously. If, you know, I love you so much, I eat my piggy toe. <laughs> I mean, and you know what? If she wasn't going back to him before, this slick move is not making her that run back retarded, into his okay. arms. I don't know. D, if Suzette were to leave you, you'd be, wouldn't you be so heartbroken you might shave your head? Feet? Well, well, you might shave your head. There ain't nobody that dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the difference between getting a haircut and eating your feet. <laughs> and what's going to shave my head going to do? I didn't even get Van Gogh with the ear. I was going to deal with that meant. <laughs> This know. is very extreme, but it didn't work. It didn't work. Note that, Dan. Well, that's good to hear news yeah. from... Can we hear the news from Romania sound thing again? News <laughs> from <laughs> Romania! <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll take a break. Got any more news from Romania? Not today. Hopefully on okay. another day. Oh, man, I know somebody who would eat his toes for 50 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, he's not here to do it. Stick around Jack for the Snyder Radio. Snyder Radio.
back to the time when we first signed on the air. Play 104 presents the 90s at noon every weekend. An entire hour of the stuff that you remember from the good old days of 104. If it's noon and it's the weekend, it's the 90s at noon only on Radio 104 WM. Summertime and the beach is open and the only place to be every Wednesday afternoon is at the Pavilion in Old Line. Join New Rock Radio 104 and Mike's Heart Lemonade every Wednesday on Hump Day for the party on the patio with DJ Tremor starting at noon. Drink specials with Mike's Heart Lemonade and tons of great prizes. And stick around for live music from Green Inside and other great fans till the sun goes down. Try some parasailing or play beach volleyball on the beach at the Pavilion. Or maybe rent a jet boat for a few hours. A Wednesday party on the patio with DJ Tremors and New Rock Radio 104 every Wednesday. Brought to you by Mike's Hey, this is D. Snyder. So I'm talking to my brother Mark about what kind of car he wants to get, and he tells me a Toyota. So I say, why a Toyota? Now, I know why a Toyota, but I want to know why he wants to get a Toyota. Well, he tells me he was talking to his mechanic, and he asked him what kind of car he should get. His mechanic says, I don't make any money off Toyotas. If that ain't reason enough to buy, I don't know what is. So I send them on over to see my friends at Toyota of Wallingford and have them check out the certified pre-owned vehicles. Stop by today and check out Toyota of Wallingford's used car superstore. Toyota of Wallingford's certified pre-owned vehicles come with a six-year, 100,000-mile warranty. With thousands in stock, you're sure to find what you're looking for. Visit Toyota of Wallingford on Route 5 in Wallingford or call 1-203-284-7400. Toyota of Wallingford, because mechanics don't make any money off Toyotas. Toyota of Wallingford, simply the best. Place to enjoy it tonight, Connecticut's only beachfront bar. The Pavilion in Old Bond. The Pavilion in Old Bond. Join the Radio 104 Road Crew and DJ Tremors along with Mike's Heart Lemonade every Wednesday this summer between noon and 2 p.m. for Mike's Party on the Beach. You get a chance to win plenty of Radio 104 gear, Mike's prizes, drink specials, hot bodies on display, and more. more. So make plans now for every Wednesday this summer at the Pavilion with Mike's Heart Lemonade and New Rock Radio 104. New Rock Radio 104. I sleep with a football. I eat peanut butter in the middle of the night. I like pink. I think it's a cool color. At Sears Auto Center, we think admitting something is the first step to the truth, especially when it comes to bald tires. And the second step? Go to Sears. Because during Sears National Automotive Month, we're introducing three new tires at the lowest sale prices of the season. But you only have until August 24th to commit. So hurry. I bring a little froggy with me into the tub. America's number one tire store. Sears. Where else? Here's news. Used car ads don't always tell the truth. Guess the owner figures who'd respond to for sale, rebuilt junker with hidden fire damage and two odometer rollbacks. Who'd buy that? Well, one thing's for sure, it won't be you. As long as you get a vehicle history report from Carfax.com, they'll give you the real history of any used car. Visit CARFAX.com or ask your dealer for a Carfax report. <laughs> Don't buy a used car without Carfax. D. Snyder Radio. One of the leaders around here. I try to be as nice as possible. We have all the control and all the power. On Radio 104. Now back. Listen to what this guy said. Now back to D. Snyder Radio.
this Thursday and Friday, we will not be broadcasting from our usual location. We will be broadcasting live from the Sam Adams Fest in Boston at the Sam Adams Brewery. Darkside Dave can't go. He's so bummed. We will bring him back a trunk full of beer. I just want to see the brewery. We should bring him back a trunk full of empties. <laughs> yeah, that'd be nice. Dude, we got you some excellent bottles. <laughs> now I bet they'll have. A, I bet will have a special Sam Adams Fest brew. Oh, I wonder. Or something. Oh, don't say yeah. that. Well, but he'll. But don't worry, Darkside will be. He'll be doing the. He'll be in the studio. He'll be on with us. Like when I'm on Long Island, the same deal, but Salivating. he'll be in Hartford. <laughs> yeah, I'll be, we'll be up there drooling. cracking cold ones. I don't even drink. So I'll be like, cold. Just hold it against your face, Dan. <laughs> just roll it up. I'll yeah, just go hot, to the package it? store and bring him up. <laughs> I'll sit in the You're studio bombed. and get all drunk alone. <laughs> so, so that broadcast is going on uh, Thursday and Friday. Beth, myself, Mudbone, and Psycho Dan will be up there, right? That's yep. the, yep. the yes. team that's going up? Correct. And uh, Metal Mark and Darkside will be back here holding down the fort. Mm-hmm. So that'll be our last two shows before we break for vacation. Hold down the fort and holding each other's hands. Oh. <laughs> I help each other through the morning. Uh, we'll, we're going to go on vacation next week. and We'll be gone through Labor Day and it'll be best of D. Snyder Radio. Or it should be the best of D. Snyder Radio. Some just quick reactions sent to DSR at yoink3d.com. I believe I answered Kathy's question already. So, hey, Joe, who got now has got from uh, Richmond, he's got his eight-year-old sister-in-law. Listen, eight-year-old sister-in-law? Well, that's possible. What? Well, I, say guess Patty, so. I guess so, yeah. Yeah, say Patty and Jesse got married. Cheyenne, and within the next mm-hmm. two years, Cheyenne would only be seven. So uh, it will be her sister-in-law. Okay, so uh, how's it going? Shout out. Thank you for your letter. And thank you, D, Denise, uh, for your suggestions on yoga eating practices. <laughs> I'll try to eat a little <laughs> earlier today, and I will not fall asleep in class. That was so embarrassing. Do you so think that the gas passing or the snoring was more embarrassing? Snoring. <laughs> Because the gas, Suzette said, the gas passing is worth it. I said, no. You gas pass, it's like room of like 12 people in there. So you hear a little, you know, and everybody's looking around who did it. And you can just join in that. You know, you're like looking around going, yeah. what the hell happened this? You know, but you're snoring. You know, maybe the mouth falls open. You're, and you're just like, ouch. There's no question who is the culprit. No question. Everybody's like pointing and it's him. The loud one with his drool coming with out of nose. his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> with the one with the nose. Uh, and Ange, yeah, we've broadcasted a few times from the Mohegan Sun. Mm. Special events. There's no regular schedule. I guess probably the next time we'll do it'll be Christmas time. We usually do our Christmas show from there. Uh, so uh, your mom is working there or whatever, but, you know, keep listening to d Snyder Radio and you'll find out when. So, Beth, what else is going on? Well, a 14-year-old swimmer from Atlanta is upsetting his rivals by strapping a flipper to his false leg during races. <laughs> Hunter what? Scott, well, he's, he is, he's a one-legged swimmer. Okay. And on the leg that's missing, he straps a f- fin. You know, swim fin during his races. It's better than a motor. He said it balances his body, but other competitors say it acts as an unfair propulsion device. 
Hunter says without the flipper, his body tends to roll in the water, and he thinks it's helped him a lot, but not because of propulsion. His mother says last year when he was losing, it was, oh, your son's so inspirational. And this year, now that he started winning, people have an issue with the leg fin combination. He's about four seconds faster since he started strapping on the fin. These people with the issues, they must be doing it like, you know, in the dark with their voice disguised. Because <laughs> how lame do you look when you're complaining about a one-legged swimmer? Well, I will say this. That the f- swim fins... Yes, Beth? The swim fins? The swim fins. I've used them before for practice. And you I'm not sure what a swim fly through the... They're, fli- they're fins that you attach to your feet. You know, like the flipper. scuba divers wear. Yeah, flippers. He's putting oh, them on his... Yeah. Right. So he has one foot and then a flipper, which really makes you cruise through the water. <laughs> I mean, I swim about three times faster with flippers on my feet than with really? just my feet. Oh, yeah, you fly. Huh. <laughs> so, so I, well, if you... Feel, how would you feel about flipping? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think I would. Uh, but if he didn't, suck it out, but, but if if he didn't have that flipper, I mean, wouldn't he just be like one directional? Like, wouldn't he just like swim in circles? You know what I mean? I don't think so. I, I think that well, he... with just one foot. <laughs> you mean like, yeah. like a like if you just have one person paddling a canoe, yeah. he has to compensate with the old J hook. Exactly. Um. Maybe. What if it was a metal hook flipper? <laughs> yeah. That'd be I knew we were cool. going to run into trouble with this story. All I'm How saying about a is. Prosthetic flotation device leg. That might be probably more acceptable to his competitors. I, I don't know the. You'd be embarrassed to complain. <laughs> of you, you understand their complaint, but it's embarrassing. I say yeah. you must be ashamed to complain. Right. I mean, again, you know, the guy's got one leg. Let him swim. But, but the flipper seems like it would create. An advantage. I kind of see both sides because because I know that I fly when I wear when I wear flippers, but I would, I would I never complain against a one-legged kid. I don't think. Maybe I should get some of them flippers. Maybe you should. Maybe <laughs> help you tread water. Yesterday I was trying to practice treading water. Oof! For like three seconds, I'd like bolt for the ladder. That's was, really not good, D. Yeah, using your arms and your legs. While, but it's all, yeah, but it's a lot of work. Back and forth with the arms and back and forth with the legs? Yeah, I can stay up, but it's like, I mean, I'm really working <laughs> at it. Suzette's like, you know, she's like rotating the tires in the car oh, and treading sta- water. I could I mean. tread water. I really think I could tread water for, you know, 12 hours if I had to do it. At least. Can I hold on to you when the ship goes down? <laughs> I'll give you, I'll cross-chest carry you to safety. How's that? <laughs> Thank you. Well, the New York Times is planning to begin publishing announcements of same-sex commitment ceremonies along with its wedding announcements. The announcements of formal gay and lesbian unions will begin next month in the Sunday style section, according to Howell Raines, executive editor of the Times. He said... In making the change, they acknowledge the newsworthiness of a growing and visible trend in society toward public celebrations of commitments by gay and lesbian couples. The couples featured in the paper will be selected by editors under the same criteria used to choose the weddings, the newsworthiness and accomplishments of the couple and their families. You know, because not everybody gets a wedding announcement in the Times. Oh, okay, so you've got to be newsworthy. Yeah, if you ever read the Times announcements... 
the people are sort of the upper echelon of society. Right, right. Yeah. Well, it's not well, they had the wedding at Joe's Barbecue Pit and, <laughs> you know, nothing like that. <laughs> Good time was had by all. Right. Dark side, uh, how do you feel about that? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, you canceling your subscription to the Sunday yeah, Times? Yeah, it takes up, you know, <laughs> ink and stuff like that and a little space in the paper. But that's fine, you know, give them their Well, their what about Mudbone? What how Mudbone feels about it. Well, it's not, it's just they're deciding that... It's called for by the people who subscribe to and buy their paper. Okay, now, wait a minute. I actually have a question here. What is the paper... You know how they always say, well, some newspapers are X reading level, like X grade reading level. The Times is pretty high. Is it? All right. Because I was just, you know, kids reading that. They don't need to know that stuff, you know? (laughs) Well, uh... You, uh, as a rule laid back on these subjects because you have pretty strong feelings about them and uh, you don't want to uh, get into it too much but uh, you're not a, you don't think that it should be going on do you? No. Not at all. <laughs> not at all. I, and, I, and I don't want to But it's just I don't it's a commitment get... cer- I mean it's it's a commitment ceremony that's all it is is, is what they're doing in the times is just saying People want to read about it. Apparently, listen, they're a business, and if people didn't want to read about it, they wouldn't put it yeah, in but there. I think that's going to open See, the doors for something well, even well, Just well, because the New York so, Times I'm, does it, like what day? I'm so oh, passionate. What to say? See, I'm yeah. so passionate about it because I just think I, you know, I'm so set against it. So I, I don't want to really go too deep in it because <laughs> then I don't, I don't want anybody to think I'm like bashing or anything like that. But I, no, I just think it. I think it's wrong. Okay, don't beat me up, but I just think it's wrong. Well, do you think that say think it's a mistake to run, you know, the photographs of people who are, you know, getting married who are gay? Yes, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be publicizing that because is if you have a Christian background, then you know that this is wrong because it's oh, clearly states. See, that's what I'm it. saying. I don't want to get into it because that's my belief. I think it's so wrong. It is not right. It was. It was not meant to be. So if you're gonna put it out there in the paper, you you publicizing it, you making it where everybody can just you know say, hey, here it is, right in you're your face. It's acceptable. Yes. So it's a religious thing. But the what New York Times about? isn't beholden to any church or religion. That's true too, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, I ever. <laughs> well, what do you think about lesbian nude pics? You cool with that? Awesome. No, I'm not going to uh. say that either because, no, I'm not cool with that. It's all wrong. I'm telling you. Everybody think it's like, oh, you know, you're thinking, okay, oh, man, I got two lesbian chicks right here getting it on, da-da-da. I'm not with that. I think that's wrong, too. So What? Yes. Are you serious? I am dead you not, serious. You can't be friends what? anymore, Dave. even-handed. <laughs> I'm not. It's wrong. It's, it's wrong. wrong. It's wrong, Dark Side. You right, don't so go just bone. because you, it's two men. Okay, oh, it's wrong. Hypothetically, you're at the bar and you're hanging out and you're macking it with some chick and she says, well, you know what? I got another friend that I want to throw into the fray here. And y'all take off and you go back and they're like, why don't you sit down there for a minute and let us give you a quick show? What, are you going to get all indignant? No, I don't think that's right. And up and walk out? I'm going to be You're like, you know what? You're about to get your groove on with two chicks that are doing it Dark with each side. other, man. Yeah. 
I already got my groove on with two chicks before my pastime. Okay, but oh, it was hey, no, it was no, <laughs> hello, Uh-oh. it was no, it was no lesbian <laughs> action going on. I'm I said, totally what if they dis- were though? Then you would up no, and leave. No, I went. You know what? Because I'm like, you know what? I tell them straight up. Listen, this is the honest to God truth. I was like, look, ladies, I don't get down like that. You know what? It's cool. Knock yourself out of the box. But I'm out of here. As much and- as I disagree with him, Dave, at least he has a set standard. You are <laughs> Chris screamingly homophobic when it comes to guys. But the minute you talk about two women, it's Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's but it's got to be two. Uh, oh, really tra- good attractive looking, attractive yeah. women yeah. in a, tra- in a hetero- <laughs> traditional oh, yeah. heterosexual way. Yeah. Two, you know, biker chicks, <laughs> you know, <laughs> with man haircuts, <laughs> and you could be two pat-looking individuals. <laughs> he doesn't want to see that. What else you got, Beth? Well, the game show Dog Eat Dog was recently renewed by NBC for another 13 episodes based on its strong ratings performance this summer. In that show, players tend to have an easier time gauging each other's physical abilities than their mental skill. And apparently, contests, Dave, if this is true, often blow seemingly easy questions Mm -hmm. well dog eat dog host brooke burns was asked about why so many people miss basic questions it seems so simple and here she is it's a hard thing to do and like the physical challenges we test the questions as well and they say that the perfect question is a question that you know civilians answer 50 percent right and 50 percent wrong it's really unbelievable the areas that people know and don't know and so they no, I'd believe you wouldn't get half of them questions right now. <laughs> <laughs> Holy crap, she stinks on ice on that show. I can't believe they're bringing her back. Oh, she's hot, dude. You kidding Isn't, me? Is that the only criterion yes. for having somebody on the show? <laughs> absolutely. A show that basically runs itself? Yeah, absolutely. Do actually test them. So as silly as some of them sound, it's, it's really unbelievable how much, you know, or how little, maybe I should say, that people know just about general... Knowledge. Uh, so you, so you like say the news. You did like get, just get the best looking chicks possible He'll to read it. the copy. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they can read it or are good. Absolutely or like that. not. Has no, give them what are they subtitles at the bottom? Or something. <laughs> you know, have it going up in like closed caption and stuff. A yeah, monkey could do my job, right, Dave? Just <laughs> make it, just make it a good looking monkey. monkey. <laughs> <laughs> it's a monkey with a nice rack or something. I don't know. That's your solution for everything, Dark Side. As long as it looks good. Pretty much. So it'd be even better, nude, hot nude <laughs> yeah. chicks reading the day's stories. Yeah. Nude news. I bet the ratings would go through the roof. Skyrocket. Retiring U.S. Senator Fred Thompson is expected to return to television as the new chief prosecutor on NBC's Law & Order. His Senate term ends in January, but apparently he's already in talks with Universal Television to appear regularly during the show's 13th season beginning October 2nd. No official word from Thompson or his camp. He apparently would replace Diane Wiest in her role as a district attorney. Oh. I like him. He was in Hunford October and in the line of I fire. I loved him as an actor. Yeah, he's he was, great. He was a great character actor. Mm-hmm. And, and when he left, I was bummed. I think he'll be really good in that role. I don't know if... I know, Dave, you watch Law & Order. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he'll be great. So I, I was unclear. Is he leaving office or he would do both? He is retiring. He had announced a little while back that he wouldn't seek re-election. So his term is up in January. And I guess he's taken time off already to... 
do some acting. In a related story, uh, Strom, Th- Strom Thurmond's going to play <laughs> a cadaver on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Typecasting. It's perfect. <laughs> Well, if you can get into the city, to Broadway, they're saying that the next ticket that's going to be really tough to come by is Hairspray, the musical adaptation of John Waters' film starring actor Harvey Firestein in drag. He plays the role that Divine played in the movie. I saw him. He was powerful. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The mom to Ricky Lake in the movie apparently is getting great reviews, as is he. So check it they've out if you're so inclined. More tickets, mm-hmm. like they've sold some like 10 million or 15 million tickets, more advanced sales than the producers. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's supposed to be a great show. I, really? thought, I thought the movie was weird, oh, good, I guess. It was an but awful movie. I saw it. I don't remember anything about it except uh, the big wigs or something. Sonny yeah, Bono's in it, remember, and Blondie. They had an interesting uh. cast, but... He's good, Harvey Firestein, so. Always enjoyable. (laughs) 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 And finally, Fish wasn't kidding when they said they were just going on hiatus. They've announced they'll play play New York's Madison Square Garden on New Year's Eve, then play a three-date set in Hampton, Virginia, beginning January 2nd, and more concerts are expected to be announced. After their tour in the fall of 2000, Fish said they're going on a break, but not breaking up. And they'll be back. I, I like them a lot. I almost... Oh, shoot these guys. I was going to yeah. pick this as my song choice one day. Now it's good to know it's in the computer, Dave. Didn't know a song. Couldn't have told you a thing about them. I was remember being stunned walking past Madison Square Garden seeing fish sold out. And I'm like, who? They sell it every, everywhere. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Hey. And they got a following. Hey, Blue Girl 101 wrote, uh, wrote into DSR at yoink3d.com. Said shout out to Mudbone. Nicely handled. Thank you. Bone. Thank you. Scores: Seattle beat the Yankees five to two. Minnesota over the Sox six two. Detroit seven four over the Orioles. It was the Dodgers doubling the Mets two one. And Colorado six three over the Braves. Preseason: Redskins over the Steelers thirty five thirty four. And Rich Beam, great day for him. He won the PGA Championship. One shot better than Tiger Woods. And at the Pepsi four hundred, it was Dale Jarrett followed by Tony Stewart and Kevin Harvick. You one two three. That Redskin win was pretty impressive, Darcy. Did you watch the game? No, no, missed that one. Did you see the highlights? Mm mm. No, oh, I didn't man. see anything. What kind of football fan last, are you? The last I, 12 I didn't catch minutes. I anything of it, man. He was still recovering from that bitch. He turned his head to look at the TV. He had a steak on his face. <laughs> <laughs> Nursing a broken <laughs> Old school. <laughs> Snapped his head right around. Did you see the highlights, Psycho? No. No, I didn't see it either. You know, it was 12 minutes left to play, and they came back. It was like, what, 34-0? They came, it was ridiculous. They came back. It was great. Okay, what we learned today is next, 866-550-4D. <clears throat> Call us. Tell us what you learned. Win a D. Snyder Radio prize pack if we like it best. It's as simple as that. Come on, people. Think, think, think. This is D. Snyder Radio. Call D. Eight six six five five zero four radio one zero four. The Snyder Radio. Really, in an effort to make something special for you. You are a fanatic. You know that. I hope you enjoy. On Radio One Zero Four. Snyder. Now back to D Snyder Radio. 
email relating exactly to what you were talking about, Beth, about Dog Eat Dog. Mm-hmm. It's from Tom. It says, I was watching the show Dog Eat Dog on NBC, and for the final trivia question of the night, the question was asked to some blonde girl, who served as president and vice president of the United States but was never elected to either office? President and vice president of the United States. <clears throat> you want me to tell you? Now, were they together? Does that mean together? No. Or separately? Separ- well, you couldn't serve them both uh, at the same time. Were never elected to either office. Hmm. Uh-oh, she's not so stupid. Hmm. Ford? Uh, yeah. yeah. Ford was, I was thinking Ford, but he was elected to, he wasn't elected to vice president? Agnew. Who? Wow. Well, this girl said Colin Powell. Of the 47 people. Okay, that's pretty bad. You at least got to shoot for somebody who you knew was president. Yeah, I, would, I would go for a president. Yeah, I was, Ford was first, first hand for president, but I, I wasn't realizing that he wasn't elected to vice president. That's right, because Agnew was kicked out. Yep. There you go. Well, she's... That's not, I mean, like, that's not incredibly easy, especially... Anybody who's participated in any trivia contest knows that when you, like the Blitzkrieg round, when the pressure's on, it's tough to call to memory things that in your everyday life would be right there. And aren't they sometimes asked, like, under stress, like, I saw somebody, like, spinning around on the vomit comet or something, a wheel being asked (laughs) questions while they were spinning. Even just being on TV is stressful, knowing that everybody's going to see you mess up. All right. But Colin Powell, that's a pretty bad answer. That was bad. Yeah. That was a bad one. Well... Let's do a little singing. What we learned, what we learned, what we learned today. What we learned, what we learned, what we learned today. Let's go to the call track. Brian from Berlin, Connecticut is on the phone. Good morning, Brian. How you doing? Good, guys. How you all doing? Great. I'm doing very good, man. And, uh, you know, I just realized something. But, Brian, what did you learn today? Uh, well, I learned the days of letting the Wookiee win her over. All you got to do to stun a Wookiee is slap him in the face. <laughs> if you're a chick. <laughs> Let's preface that by saying only if you're a chick. Stunned him. <laughs> yeah. Stunned, stunned and shocked. If it wasn't a biatch, I'd have been all over that dude. Mm, slap oh, there he goes. <laughs> I know, just, you know, hey, whatever. No, I admire you for I'm that just day. pissed. Yeah, you shot. You know what? And it was out of line. It yeah. was. It definitely that was, was. A full smack in the face. You didn't go down oh, there to get hit. Yeah, I know. I know. I, mean, that that, was, I, know. I agree. I agree. Jeez. I'm you know, a big guy. I could I could take it. It's all good. Yeah. And it was in the spirit of the thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not you know, I mean it, one of the first no. thoughts going through my mind was hawk a big loogie in her face, but I decided to go <laughs> you know, I looked at her husband and take I was like, road. Okay, well maybe yeah. that might not be a good idea. Maybe not. Maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Uh okay. Well, Beth, hi. Well, I learned today uh, that after this weekend, Dave now has realized one of his dreams, what it's like to have dated Axl Rose. <laughs> what? <laughs> after your appearance at the Wolka County Fair. It's like to have dated... Oh, 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 Blank, blank, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Well, part of what it's like to date Axl Rose. The end part. Uh, here's Steve <laughs> from New Haven, Connecticut on line six. Good morning, Steve. Good 
morning, gang. Sorry How you about doing? Comment, dark side. I'm doing good. <laughs> Listen, what I learned today is that Beth Lockwood is still talking dirty. She had made mention earlier that she doesn't mind being eaten as long as she's not hooked in the face. <laughs> All right, that was rude. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> we did say it, Beth. I mean, that was uh, talking about a fish, of course. Uh-huh. Given the choices of being. <laughs> I said you got that one. Uh, We're not replaying that. Dark side was out of line. (laughs) Dark side. Mark, metal, metal. Mark, he's too metal. He didn't know where the lines are drawn. He's too metal. I don't blame Mark. (laughs) Okay. Dark side. Strain yourself. (laughs) Dark side, Dave. Just hang up now, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have a winner. <laughs> what did you learn today? Well, I learned that studies are totally 100% accurate. A 2 at 10 is a 10 at 2. <laughs> now it's scientifically proven. There are beer goggles. proven. Beer goggling. So beer goggles, what? That's, that's just like... For how you see things when you're drunk? Yeah, yeah it's almost like you're looking to the bottom of a bottle of beer, you know, all thick and stuff, beer goggles. Is that what it kind of looks like? Eh, no. Oh, okay. Just, just things uh, look better things when you're drunk, better, yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm just curious. I've never <laughs> been drunk like that. Not mm. with beer. Like you, Dark Side Dave, laying on the floor looking at the table going, hey, there's gum on the <laughs> Could at be the anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's go to Bob from Derby, Connecticut. He's on line five. Good morning, Bob. Morning, Dave. Steve hung up. <laughs> it was wise. You were wasting your phone bill there anyway. Bob, what did you learn today? Well, I figured since everybody else is bashing on Dave, I think I'd jump on the bandwagon. Yeah, Why not? Board. It's fun. It's all good. Yeah, it's all good. I figured since he don't like the gay men, but he's into lesbians, he's on this theory. If you just paint the dirt, he'd be okay. If you just paint the dirt, what does that mean? Well, it could go both ways. Don't like the guys of gay, but he loves the women lesbians. Or it's like a broken down house. If you paint the dirt, it's gonna look good and then be a last forever. Oh, I see, Dark Side. Is it? It's just a creative way of looking at things, Dark Side. I think that's what he's saying. I don't get it either, Dark Side. So don't feel bad. I like it better oh. than Steve's. Okay. Metal Mark gets it. Um, Psycho Dan. What's going on over there, man? You learned something today? Yeah, just quickly. Quickly. I learned that uh, next time I roll up on the homies with my gat in hand, I better make sure that there aren't any karate students in the car (laughs) before I carjack them. (laughs) Okay. See that you do, Dan. Yeah, that's smart. Karate students, um, NRA members, you know, probably coming back from a hunting trip. Guys, old ladies stand with you. I'd watch out for old ladies. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. Also, just anybody, if you see a deer tied to the hood, probably not a good car to grab. <laughs> They're probably packing heat. It's a good chance. Now, they may have used up all their, their ammo, but they may not. Ken from New Haven. Is on the phone. Good morning, Ken. How you doing? Good, Dave. How are you? Good. So what did you learn today, Ken? I learned that today, if you take ecstasy, it gives a whole new meaning to the word Bronco busting. Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah, Ken. Yeah, but is that the horse takes the ecstasy or you take the ecstasy? Uh. That was a story Beth told earlier about a guy on X who... Um, 
He did a horse. <laughs> An actual horse. Okay, you know. <laughs> Dark Side had the sound effects going before. How do you even do that? You'd have to get up on a stool. Yeah, mm-hmm. unless the horse was cooperative. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'll bet it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Would you mind squatting down a bit, honey? <laughs> um, probably the horse probably would feel it. You heard this hung like a horse. You know where yes. that comes from. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, I, uh, what I learned is I forgot all about my Sunday because I kind of told it in the morning a little bit. And that I went and uh, took Cody and we went soapbox derbying in Bristol, Connecticut. And uh, which is, we go a couple times. We don't get to follow these people's soapbox derby. It's a great sport. And I, I don't think it's, you know, and families get really involved in it. They travel all over the place. But we go once in a while and we got some good friends, the Burke family, and they like to totally help us out. So, uh, Marty, Cheryl, Aaron, and Martin, thank you so much, guys, for your help. You always make it fun. And uh, we had a good time. I mean, you know, Cody just enjoys getting out there. But it was bacon. Standing in Bristol, this road has no trees. On the blacktop, Sunday. You know how hot it was. I was brutal dying. yesterday. Oh, brutal. God, I was dying. But it was fun. Fun dying. So, read them and weep. Mudbone, you got them for me today? Yeah, I got them for you, D. All right, Brian learned how to stop the Wookiee. You just bitch slapped him. Um, Steve learned Beth is okay. still talking dirty. Right. I'm not gonna I wasn't gonna Thank say the much. whole thing anyways. <laughs> and um Bob learned that Dark Side just paint the dirt, whatever the hell that means. And Kevin learned that if you take ecstasy, it gives a whole new meaning to Bunko Bunko Bruh. I agree with that guy. Um, you okay with Ken? Is either Ken or Steve? <laughs> I'm gonna go with Ken. <laughs> okay. Let the horse take it. Oh. Again. Oh. Ken, you there, man? Yeah, I am. You're the man. You got the bragging rights. You got the prize pack. So uh, thanks for calling. Hold on a second. We'll hook you up, okay? All right, keep listening, man. Bob, Brian, Steve, thank you. Not today. It's time for us to go. I can't get no bonus time. <laughs> <laughs> the horse felt sorry for him. Horse farm. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a cane in your pocket? You just happy to see me. All right. Let's see. Tomorrow's show. Um, more entertainment value than you know what to do with. Okay. That's number one. Number two, found another one of those great lists. This is the 10, what was this, the, the top 10, what was it? The, ten, uh, 10 greatest shaggers of rock and roll. It's an English list, but America represent. <laughs> we, do, we do pretty damn good. As a matter of fact, some of them on the list are going to be uh, hanging out with us up at the Sam Adams Fest on Thursday and Friday, so... We'll, we'll see what they have to offer before we get up there. Also, I just want to tell you that, uh, yeah, Sam Adams Fest is Thursday and Friday, so you'll be hearing us live from there. Remember, next week we're on vacation, but the best of D. Snyder Radio will be playing. Bikers for Babies, if you want more information, you people in Hartford can call 860-290-5540. You people in Richmond, Call 
4120. I'll be grand marshalling each of those events, leading the pack, and uh, looking forward to it as well. Psycho Dan, don't forget, Friday night at the Brickyard from 10 to midnight, right? Coors Light Night? Yep. And I think that just about covers everything. Also, uh, we'll be talking to Richmond author John Fate on Wednesday about his new book, Make Every Girl Want You. Right on. Right on. And uh, that's all I got to say. Have a great day, everybody. See you bright and early tomorrow. Bye. Want to take it. No, we'd rather not take it. We're not inclined to take it. At this time. Yeah, I think we're accomplishing enough for one day.